Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. This is RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Good evening, everybody, and welcome along to RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited Network of channels. Uh, We are ready to go for, I suppose, what we could call Tuesday night racing. TNR, well you have Monday night football don't you in various forms, so Tuesday night racing works as well it is the latest round of the Nürburgring Langstrecken series the digital version powered by VCO, my name's John Hindhoff and delighted to say that joining me is my usual partner in crime for this Bruce Jones, how are you Bruce? Very excited to be back John, I thought it was absolutely brilliant when we sort of got firing in spring when all regular motor racing was closed down. And just quickly, we both commented on this, John, five minutes into commentating on the DNLS, we thought it was the real thing. And the racing has just got better and better. I've missed it. So I'm delighted to be back. Uh, it, is, it has been absolutely superb. We're getting towards the end of the season. VCO uh, in conjunction with the competitors, many of whom have real world commitments for racing decided to move to this Tuesday night side of things but we really are getting down to the money races now Bruce oh absolutely but also just touching on the Tuesday night thing I think so many regular you know full metal races I call them will want to carry on doing this so they have the digital races during the week and then the the, the metal races at the weekend, and let's face it, every weekend at the moment in this foreshortened season has a race in it, so everyone's super busy. Um, I'm a massive fan, but yeah, we're all set, but uh, we, we are sliding towards round number nine. This is round number eight, and uh, really, I was just having a quick look at who's won across the season. It really has been spread between the manufacturers, so it's about consistency, I would say. Uh, could have a championship winner tonight, Sindra sets us. Uh, in uh, SP10, they can certainly win this evening with, we think, a second place. That would wrap up the championship. We'll keep you across some of those championship implications as we go through the evening. It's another three hours, Bruce, and we've seen all kinds of tactics uh, over the last, uh, what, two or three months. Uh, it will all depend, it would seem, on how the tyres are hanging out. A hundred percent. And I I think what was so exciting in the early rounds was just how the teams evolved their their tactics. In the early rounds, we commented, John, everyone was pretty much doing the same thing. But then we saw people starting to do a four-lap opening stint rather than a regular six or seven. Of course, that gave them scope later in the race. But, you know, it really was a case of guessing. And I think what, what it proved was just how many regular race engineers have got involved in this and they've put their 10 pence worth into the box. And I think that's why they're coming up, having analysed all the figures and all the potential permutations. That's why we're coming up with different tactics. They haven't all worked, but sometimes it sets every other team guessing when someone dives in for that first pit stop very early indeed. Hell if I turn my mic on, wouldn't it? A couple of people to look out for uh, tonight in each of the classes. SP9 is the GT 
three, of course, as Bruce has intimated, uh, that's been fairly well spread out between the manufacturers uh, and indeed the teams. 9-11 Cup, well, Martin Ash has done a great job. Uh, Marcus Yerick uh, is with uh, Asher Racing in the 227 uh, Sim RC Cup. Claudius Veed, he's been one of the leading lights uh, as well. In the SP10 category, which does have BMW GT4s as well as the 1718 Cayman, Sindri and Carl Jansen uh, in the core sim racing car. That's the 303. That's the one to look for. They are looking for uh, a victory or a second place that will, we believe, give them the championship. And in TCR, well, core Heusingveld. They've been right there at the sharp end of the field along with Zorgren Sport uh, for the whole season. So it really is uh, anybody's game at the moment. Uh, some thoughts from you about what we've seen so far, Bruce, this season. First point, unbelievably good graphics. Second point, infinite camera angles. I mean, you have an accident on the Nordschleife or an incident in normal life the TV director is hoping he's got a camera somewhere in the vicinity. Of course, here we can dial up three different angles of any incident. You have it from a drone, have it from inside one of the cars, inside the other. That has been phenomenal. But what really struck me is how in the early rounds, the regular sim racers were supreme. The full metal racers took a while to adapt and some of them really, really got stuck in. I'll raise my hand up to praise Bruno Spengler there. And that doesn't come without practice at home, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and then it was the closing of the gap, John. And then the quality of the racing as the regular racers worked out just how closely they could place their car next to a rival. It's not always exactly like it is when they're competing in a, in a, a, a solid racing car, mm. but they learned the difference. And we had incredibly close racing within two or three rounds. And it just got better and better and more and more names came into play. So very exciting. That's Bruce Jones. I'm John Heintorf, and we are ready to go racing as far as round eight of nine this season for the DNLS. That is the uh, digital version of the Nürburgring Langstrecker series powered by VCO. The DNLS powered by VCO on RS1. So, good evening, everybody, and welcome along to round number eight of nine as we are already counting down the qualifying session for SP9, the GT3 cars rolling out of the Nürburgring. My goodness, it seems only a few moments ago that I was actually at the Nürburgring for this year's rearranged 24 hours. It is the full circuit of the VLN that we are looking at this weekend so or this week should I say and that's the first thing of course to welcome you to our Tuesday night racing I'm John Hindorf from Radio Show Limited the people behind Radio Le Mans and Bruce Jones joins me tonight we're in sound and vision with some uh, timing for you as well at radio-show.co.uk for the moment at least it looks like we've got decent decent weather conditions Bruce and what the teams will be looking at here is the track temperature because that will dictate the tactics when we get into the race after the qualifying. Oh yes and how they will but uh, don't forget the teams know in advance what the weather conditions are going to be. I had had a look earlier 24 degrees, Ooh, even though it's the 6th of October we're obviously pining back to sort of early summer and humidity 55%, wind 
tiny wind from the southeast, not too much to worry about. Uh, so the teams know what it's going to be. They know it's not going to be raining and they're going to have to work out their tactics accordingly. But they have been brilliant, the top teams, at adapting their tactics, uh, not just to the weather conditions and the track conditions, but also to the tactics that their team rivals uh, are playing with. So I, there's so much to have been learnt this year, and I think a lot of lessons have been learnt really, really well. The teams have been working so hard all the way through this season, whether they have been the full-time races or, indeed, the... Full metal, as Bruce has coined the phrase, like Bruno Spengler and uh, one or two others. Sammy Matty Trogan has a bit of a foot in both camps uh, as he has been racing. And we're still waiting to find out whether... must ask Sammy Matty, actually, the next time I speak to him, when uh, he, or if he has had, uh, or when he will get his test on the Nürburgring Nordschleife as he was going to or as he was promised, before the start of the year and COVID uh, intervened. Just the way everything has panned out this year, it's been a, an absolute pleasure to be a part of what has gone on and will continue through to the end of this season. And quite clearly, from my point of view, this is a form of racing that isn't going away. Whether it's Nico Bastian or Fabian Schiller uh, or Bruno Spengler, as we've mentioned, uh, those guys have been using these races to stay sharp and keep everything and in terms of their concentration right on point and many of the real world drivers telling us that it is actually harder to concentrate and we had you know quadruple four hour stints in the Nürburgring 24 hour race that we covered earlier this year in digital format just three hours here of course but championships to be run uh, and won and undoubtedly, uh, that might affect the tactics as well for those people who are in championship uh, contention. Bruce is all, uh, I'm sure, all across the uh, the points situation. And we'll bring that to you as we go through the race this evening. Four classes, which are effectively GT3, SP9 in uh, NLS speak. And this uh, particular championship exactly mirrors the full metal version. We have... Uh, Cup 2, which are Porsche 911 uh, GT3 Cup cars. They are the uh, 911 uh, 991 Gen 2 cars. Get okay, that one right hind off, otherwise you'll be drummed out of the Porsche uh, Owners Club. Uh, then we've got SP10, which is now a mixture of 718 Cayman GT4s and M4 BMWs. And then, of course, TCR, which are SP3T, which is still, of course, all... Audis. A nice mix, and it's provided great racing for us down uh, through this season so far, Bruce. Oh, it really has. And, John, we've last, laughed about it every round. The TCR class, doesn't you, you can't tear your eyes away from it. But if you do, you know that in half an hour, there's still going to be six cars nose to tail, herring up towards the end of the lap, trying to outbreak each other. And I just want to wave the flag for Felix Luding and Jürgen Frank for Sim RC TCR team. I think they've taken three class wins, but they've been so, so super consistent. If they don't win the class, they tend to come home second. And that in, in a class that really is a boiling pot where one little slip could be a disaster, but they're that good. They haven't made any. Well, and that is the key. It's about, uh, it's about consistency and being able to repeat and, and basically being able to react best. We've seen some people who've had trouble in the first few laps. Sometimes they've made a virtue out of necessity. Oh, yeah, entirely. But uh, 
What I keep thinking about, obviously, virtual racing has been going for a long time, but virtual racing has really, really found its form in 2020 out of expediency because of COVID-19. But what I love is the fact a lot of drivers are doing different championships. They fancy a bit of last weekend, you had the putting them off. So they go and race in that. You know, Max Verstappen taking time out of his Formula One. Um, you know, he had a spare weekend, goes and competes in that. People can race lots of different sorts of cars. McLaren racer Lando Norris, he's in something almost every single day. He just adores it. And that is why I think it's great. It's not because they're racing in it, but because they're then publicizing virtual racing. And people have a chance to come and look at it. They can get a timing screen alongside the, the screen with the moving image. And I think it's just brilliant. And I love the Nürburgring uh, Nordschleifer. So do all the drivers. I mean, this alone, this circuit provides all the challenge they could possibly need. And it just never is less than entertaining, John. That's why I think the DNLS has been such a hit. That's Bruce Jones. I'm John Hindhoff. Uh, we are in qualifying uh, at the moment. We'll give you some times as we start to get them. But, of course, it's a long time uh, before we start to see times. Effectively, the drivers who are in qualifying, the pressure is on. We've seen it uh, before. Uh, they only really get one, possibly two laps Fabian Schiller in the Vodafone team get speed number two AMG GT3 heading up towards the carousel the Caracciola carousel at the moment and he's got traffic ahead of him he won't want that already 5.19 has elapsed and what does he do here does he press on or does he give himself some gap and go for the second lap with seven minutes 42 to go he's only got to get started on the next lap but of course he doesn't want to be up the tailpipes of the BMW right ahead of him so welcome along if you are just joining us good to have your company John Hindhoff and Bruce Jones qualifying I know it's three hours Bruce but it, it has been it has been critical uh, qualifying. Not only does it give us an idea of who's quick, but getting out of potentially being involved in other people's, people's accidents early on. You know, I mean, all right, whether you're in the first four rows and, and you're eighth or first might not make a huge difference, but any fur, much further back than that, we have seen people struggle. Certainly so, but John, to show that it really is just like real racing, there is still a risk if you're in those first four rows. We've had, uh, you know, three, four abreast running down to that tight right that's the first corner, and uh, there have been incidents. You know, the drivers don't want it, but it has happened. And uh, so the further towards the front of the grid you can go, uh, that's absolutely what you want to be achieving now. Track conditions, very stable. In fact, I see the air temperature's up to 25 degrees, track temperature 27 degrees, absolutely lovely. They won't be frying their tyres, all very easy, but it's about not being interrupted. They've got six minutes, 15 seconds to go, so they can start this lap, but this will be it. The chequered flag will be out next time around. And then we'll see who's on top. So this is round eight of nine. And championships to be decided in the next three hours or so. Sammy Matty Trogan in the Marla Racing Audi. Part of the Williams Esports team. Sammy Matty, uh, as we said in our pre-show on RSL 1 with a, effectively a foot in both camps. And in terms of full metal and digital racing, 
Well, I have a sneaking feeling, John. I, I was quickly trying to go through my records, but I've run out of steam. I think Sammy Matty's done some NLS this season. Uh, he was talking about it, yeah. I'm fairly sure that one of the races I reported, he was in the field somewhere, but I, sadly I haven't got time to dig through the files fully to find him. And obviously with 160 starters in the NLS races, it's, uh, they're quite long lists for each of the race, so do forgive me for now, but my hunch is he has been out there. So that's uh, Sammy Matty Trogan through, and onto the Grand Prix circuit. It is the uh, NLS version of the Grand Prix circuit, which is the slightly shorter uh, run down the hill. Team BMW Bank, they've been at the sharp end this year as well, 104, uh, 107, excuse me, and Niels Kosh behind the wheel at the moment as he goes into that tricky downhill entrance to the shorter cut through just four minutes to go but he'll get the race that the, he'll get the lap that he's on the a nice split between the cars here in the top class with Mercedes Audi and BMW represented uh, no Ferraris uh, this time around although we have seen them in the past as we have in real Life, Luca Ludwig, of course, pulling the surprise off in the uh, N24 a couple of weeks ago and getting on the front row uh, in the Octane 126 car. But uh, none of the GT3 Ferraris being used here uh, this Tuesday evening. And the final round, by the way, as well, will also be on a weekday night. Again, just uh, allowing... Uh, the fixture congestion, as it were, to be managed by those who race both virtually and in full metal format, Bruce, to to get as much racing in as possible. And I like this from VCO and the NLS Digital. Well, it's, it's very, very sensible. It shows a, a great deal of flexibility, which is what everyone requires, because uh, for everybody trying to re reorganise their, uh, let's say, uh, bread and butter racing series and try to not have races tumble on top of each other to have this midweek is perfect because having tried it they all love it so much when you've invested time to do two or three rounds of this you don't want to not do the closing two rounds so october the 27th uh, three weeks from now on a tuesday is when we come to the finale will the conditions be like they are now well that's something for vco to decide but i think a little twist it's a cold one for the end of the season that should keep them on their toes for the finale. Why not, John? You're a bad man, Bruce. You really are a bad man. So, Phil Ellis out at the moment in the Manfilter team, HTP. When we're back in its uh, yellow Manfilter colours, we have seen this car running in uh, the black, almost all carbon colours at various stages of the season. And... Phil just climbing up through Mood Curve, Klostertal, heading up to the base of the carousel, which is where he is now, assiduously steering off the curbs, which is very smart indeed. Now climbs up. Remember, this is qualifying to the Caracciola carousel. About 5.14 there, so that's pretty decent time. 7.53 is the best by the 189 BS Competition BMW. 
Then BMW Bank a second and a half further back. Marla Racing Team in third for Audi. Williams Esports, another Audi 109 uh, in fourth position. Then the Phoenix Racing Esport Green Team in fifth in the top six made up by BMW Junior Team. Schnitzelarm Racing, the one that always makes us feel hungry, is in seventh. Heisingveld, Team 101 in eighth. The other classes have already qualified, so on pole position for the Porsche category, SimRC Cup, the 276, ahead of Asher Racing and H2 Performance. Uh, and in the other categories, Course Sim Racing in the 303, of, ahead of the 301 from uh, Team Heusingfeld, two of the teams that we mentioned earlier on uh, in the SP10 category, effectively the GT4 category. Those two have been battling it out all season. Uh, as well and expect to see those at the front of the field so coming into the last 25 seconds laps that are on bruce will be counted yeah i think that was a really really bold um banker lap 753 from the bs competition bmw i mean one and a half seconds that is a big margin we've seen in this championship so far john gaps of what tenths of a second if that's and uh, someone's just had a little bit of an off-track moment but it's not the man filters car still going beautifully just remember the time seven minute 53 i think it's going to be beaten and certainly the gap is going to come right down john thanks bruce so just watching the final part of the lap from phil ellis as he is heading through the gallows hill corner corner onto the dotter and now the long run from home, around about 30 seconds, 32 seconds, once you get onto that long uh, for run for home, before you get to uh, get to the start-finish line. This will be the lap that counts for Phil Ellis. And... He comes into the final part of the lap now. And where will he stop the clock? Already at 7.50. Looking for 7.53. He's not going to be there. That's a stupendous time. But is he going to get into those all-important front, front few rows? Comes across the line. And drops in where? That man, filter car, drops into sixth position. So 57, 58, 757, 758. You're listening to RSL. This is RSL1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Nürburgring, Langstrecken Series, Digital, round eight of nine. Bruce Jones and me, John Hindhoff. Qualifying over and done with. We'll give you the grid in just a second. So qualifying coming to an end now, Bruce, and a decent lap there from the Man Filter team and from Phil Ellis, Dan Harper now with the 33 BMW coming to the end, currently in seventh position. BMW locking out the front row at the moment. No reason to panic, though. You think, yes, 1.4 seconds, but don't forget they effectively only have two flying laps. I think their start of the BS competition was stunningly good uh, for Lauren Heinrich. He's a driver who competes in the Porsche Super Cup and uh, the 
Carrera Deutschland series and uh, knows his stuff. But that was bold, that was brave, and the rest remarkably close. But for BMW, I love seeing that Z4 racing, John. I still think it's a great shape and an even better sound. But is it going to stay top? Looking very good at the moment. Yes, comes through in a 59.3, so does not improve his time at the moment. Schnitzelam coming through with Marcel Markovic. Uh, and right in behind there is the team Get Speed uh, our, uh, GT3 as well. Markovic currently ninth and doesn't improve. Get Speed, that's the first decent lap for them. They'll put themselves in 11th. And just jumping through there, that was Race Union, I think, who improved to eighth position. And Manfield, the team HTP Winford, Winwood, actually, who's jumped up into seventh position. Chris Janssen still to come for Ring Vaziet, sim racing by Nürburgring Esports. Chris Janssen in that number 188 car. Another one of the Audis. Front row BMW, second row all Audi. Coming to the last part of the track now, Bruce. Yeah, this is where you can blow the whole lap, do all the work around 24 kilometres in the last few corners and get it wrong. But what we've seen so far, John, is that brilliant opening lap from the 189 BS Competition BMW. The only real gain has been people who didn't do a very good first lap and their second lap has got them into sort of the top 10, the top 12. But uh, still, that 753.7 is looking imperious. Let's see what uh, can Audi challenge a bit more. But don't forget, I think some of the very quickest... Uh, guys, including Lauren Heinrich, who's in that BS competition BMW, still have a lap to go. Lights ablaze as they uh, move around the circuit, but no one else has yet got within two seconds in the last uh, four minutes or so. So still the top two, BMW Bank and BS competition on provisional pole, looking very good indeed. So these last laps will count. Heinrich then the BS competition on pole at the moment by a second and a half and coming through to the Gallows Hill corner that almost triple pressure corner that brings you onto the long Dottie Gehoa I'm not sure he's going to improve if I'm honest very distinctive colours blue and dark blue stripes on the right-hand side of the car, white and grey stripes on the left. Very distinctive, very easily recognisable. Now comes under the Bilstein Bridge, which wasn't the Bilstein Bridge, I noticed uh, for the N24, which rather threw me out various times. Zero one on the top right-hand side of the windscreen. He's already in pole position. Is he going to improve? I don't think he is. 49, 50, 51, 52, 53. Oh, he does improve. 53, 3, or 6. So he does take three or four tenths out. Three and a bit tenths out. And therefore increases his lead at the front of the field over BMW Bank 107 to 1.8 seconds. Now here comes Heusingfeld 101. This is Adam Christodoulou who is coming off a 
very successful DNLS season. They have won a race here, eight minutes for the Heisingfeld 101 team. That'll put them in 11th position, which uh, I'm sure is not where they wanted to be, but they've won from further away. Niels Cork coming through as well with a 7.53.5. So that was close. Trimmed 1.5 seconds off the time. Very close indeed to BS competition, but hasn't been able to take the pole. Just two and a half tenths away, and the Audis are two seconds further back. Then it's the number 167. That being the, take a deep breath, Welland Racing powered by Equal Car and Esports Team GT3. And that is Andreas Welland and uh, Connor Karnick. They are showing well in fifth position. Then Phoenix, then Manfilter, Team HTP Winwood, then Race Union, BMW Junior Team and Schnitzelarm then pushed down to tenth position at the end. Cars coming into the pit lane. We'll go through the grid for you in just a moment or two. Round eight of nine, and it is BS competition. Lauren Heinrich from Niels Kosh. Two BMWs on the front row, 189-107. BS competition, Team BMW Bank. Then a couple of Audi, Sammy Matty Trogan and Augustin Canapino. Canapino's been pretty impressive so is Sammy and they will take the battle to the BMWs Fabio Bissouche for Veland Racing Violent Racing actually I should say with Max Huffer as we go through down at the back there a couple of Audis EFP car collection and Ring Vizier Sim Racing Adrian Fruith and Chris Janssen perhaps not quite getting the runs they wanted in qualifying Set a little bit earlier on the Porsche Cup class. Claudius Veed from Sim RC Cup Racing with half a second on Martin Asher. Then H2 Performance, Dennis Aris Fabri, Corin Dunker for Violent Racing. Then WS Racing Cup 2, Till Berma, Tobias Zegner, Zeigner, excuse me, and Taku Watanabe for Novel Racing with Ring Racing. SP10's the GT4 category. Zindra Setsas, along with Carl Janssen, looking for the championship today. Three Porsches at the top with Leonard Hartenberg for Team Heusingfeld and Team RSO397, Manuel Weibel. And then the couple of BMWs, Dylan Pereira and Vasilios Belotsiotsis, is how I'm going to say that. Belotsiotsis, yeah. Christian Bug. Tim Neusser, Victor Brill, Stephen Ebert and Marek Berkman. So 10 in that category for SP10. And in TCR, Christian Berg a little bit further down, by the way, in Sorg Rensport, sixth position. 
and that leaves us with the small but perfectly formed TCR team teams with uh, seven cars in TCR and they are once again going to provide us I'm sure with great excitement and on Paul and again this was set a little bit earlier on in the perfect conditions that we have here by CMRC TCR Jürgen Frank Marius Gollenbeck they battled each other all year and the gap between them was less than half a tenth of a second Marcel T for Team Heusingfeld then Dot XE Esports Dennis Needhart Moritz Peckel for Zork Sports Pirana Sim Racing and Team Nürburgring Esports the cream has risen to the top again Bruce Jones well, just a, just a short while ago, I said I really, really respect the job that Jürgen Frank and Felix Luding have, have done. Another pole, but it's so, so close between the top two. Just a second back to Marcel T and Dennis Nyhart, not that far behind them. So four cars, roughly a second apart, but it's those top two. They've been at it all season. Gollenbach versus Frank, be fabulous at the start of the race. Consistent excellence. So we'll start to line the cars up on the run down from the Dottinger Hurt and the good news is that we don't have to have the long run to well, the formation lap all the way around the Nürburgring cars beginning to find themselves on their positions it is a two by two start still waiting for the front row to appear behind the Porsche safety car gridding up at the entrance to the Dottiger Hurt where you Swipe your ring card and head out for your tourist laps. Tourist foreign. The little uh, hut just on the right-hand side. Top your ring card up and then just present it to the barriers. And then head out on there with your road car or your ring special. So, Bruce, what do you think we're going to see here? Magnificent racing, John. Why should it be different to any of the previous rounds? Um, the stage is set. The drivers know what they're up to. Do the tacticians. That's what we're going to see. But forget the tacticians for now. Just enjoy the first lap of this race. It's been brilliant all season. And I, I see no reason why this won't be the same again. All set. I'm really, really excited as ever. But I think... The races have just got better and better, and I think this is going to be an absolute cracker. That's Bruce Jones. I'm John Heindhoff, and we are ready to go racing for the penultimate time uh, for the 2020 season. What a championship this has been. Great 
innovations brought into it by VCO Esports. Race Spot once again providing the facilities for us as the first tranche of cars, the SP9s, GT3 cars come to the line. We will have four separate starts as you might expect. The Porsche safety car will dive into the pit lane on the right hand side and release the teams into the care of the pool sitting BMW not quite side by side on the front row one or two people starting to move out of position we've got the green flag and immediately the pool sitting pulls over to the right hand side for BS competition diving down the inside team BMW bank in the dark grey and red car tries to get the run down the inside Marla racing in the green and white or the white and green Audi at one should say trying to get round the outside but that didn't stick either so the two BMWs pulling away and the Paulson has got a cracking start then the two Audis from the second row trying to get in amongst it the bright yellow Audi as well in there and the violent racing BMW which is the white car with the two red stripes right in amongst it then the Schnitzel car no that's the excuse me that's the HTP the uh, Winwood man racing man filters racing car that goes through the Schnitzel car a little bit further back a slightly different shade of yellowy green as they head through the S's and down towards the cutoff onto the Nurburgring Nordschleife for the first time. The good news, Bruce Jones, is we had a pretty even start. Uh, and the, as the get speed Mercedes does have a little bit of, of a, a look there heading down towards the cutout onto the Nordschleife for the first time. Yeah, it was an absolutely dream start. Uh, for the pole BMW. The two BMWs were first and second into the opening corner, but as Agustin Canapino's Audi tried to move up into second place, that delayed the BMW bank car, and that's why it's fallen off the tail of the pole starter. So uh, getting that pole was really, really vital for Lauren Heinrich and the 189 BS competition crew, and they're really making the most of it. To get a break in this is really hard, but they've been presented with that on a platter. Everybody else behind is now nose to tail, but uh, it was a very, very tidy start for the pole crew. Coming up to the start for everyone else. And this is the Porsche Cup class that comes to the line. Sim RC, the 276. It's the Asher Racing car, uh, I should say. And uh, Asher Racing decals on the second car as well. It's the big AR that you can see on the side. The violent red and white car with the same colourway as its teammates in SP9 sits in fourth position at the moment. So Paul Sitter getting away. Martin Asher in the white and, uh, in the yellow and black car sitting at the moment. In, oh, the spin right behind second place and amazingly isn't picked up. That's the H2 performance car that has gone around now. Hopefully hasn't done too much damage to the tyres there, Bruce, but remark now, is there some, there's some damage, I think, on the front uh, front right of that car as the GT4s come to the line? Yeah, light, well, I can't see how light the damage is. It seemed to be uh, the wheel actually protruding. Maybe the bodywork went back, but spinning in second place, oh, so nearly got collected by a couple of the rivals, but uh, for Dennis Aras Fabri, lucky in some ways and unlucky in others. But right now, let's take a look at the start of Cup 3. And that is the closest start we've had yet. Four abreast into the opening corner. 
BMWs getting better and better. And there's a spin there as well. And that was one of the leading cars from the front couple of rows that went around. And one of the Porsches, I think, was that the... Well, not sure. Actually. That's my guess. See again, Bruce, sorry. 397, I think it was, from third, in the, third on the grid. Manuel Weibel, perhaps. Oh. Who knows? It right. was very close. Okay. Had a touch, by the way. Uh, was yeah. Well, we had a, a clean start at the sharp end of the field, uh, not perhaps so much as, as behind. And now Bruce's favourite, the TCRs. Seven cars very close together, and they'll stay like that for the remaining two and three quarter hours, and then they'll go for it in the final uh, quarter of an hour of the race. But uh, the RS3s have been great to race, but they really do race very well close together. It's fabulous. Coming to the line, headlights flashing from the. Sim RC car, core racing a little bit, uh, a little bit recalcitrant down the inside, but drop into second place. So the two front row starters doing what they needed to do as they go through the arena for the first time. Avia Team Zorg Rensport sitting in fifth position in the white, black, and red machine. As the 476 again with the Asher Racing decals uh, on the bonnet of that car and on the doors. The dot XE colours, that's another one that we've been used to seeing at the sharp end of the field as well, Bruce. Yeah, I was just taking a look at those qualifying times, John. Apart from the first four, who were covered by a second, then the field really spread out. But seeing the Avia livery saw Grensport car running fifth, he's not being dropped at the moment. So I think maybe the TCR cars aren't too concerned about qualifying position. Uh, it was just about getting some laps in and going racing. Perhaps the last two, they're already dropping away a little bit will fall in. But I think we're looking at a five-car battle, and that will be enough to keep me on my toes for the next three hours. But uh, for the pole crew, very good start. And uh, Sim, Sim RC TCR pulling clear in the yellow and black car. But don't worry, they won't get far clear. Grace Jones and John Hangoff then. Where are the leaders? Answer out on the Nürburgring Nordschleife. Climbing up through Rutkurve. And, oh, no, well beyond that now. Excuse me. They're uh, coming down towards the end of the lap already. Good heavens, they have set a decent pace, haven't they? as they come down through Flansgarden and towards the second of the carousels. Meantime, the Cup 2 cars have just gone through uh, uh, Breitscheid and are heading up the hill right now. Claudius Veed in second position. They're coming up that long drag. trying to put as little steering into the cars as possible in these Porsche GT3 Cup cars. New Cup car for next season, of course, based on the 992 street car in real life. I suspect it won't be too long before we see that in iRacing as well. They've really been uh, pretty good this year and getting some new content out. The new Delara LMP2, which was trailed for a long time, sneaked out the new Corvette the mid-engine Corvette C8R and talking to the guys last weekend hello Drew Adamson hello the rest of the guys over in Boston very close now to getting the Long Beach Grand Prix circuits the IndyCar and IMSA circuit 
fully modelled as well and fully animated. That one's going to be very popular indeed and more content to come, I'm told, over those long, dark winter months. Bruce Jones. Well, it has been a big mistake in the battle for the Cup 2 class. Sim RC's team started uh, from pole positioning class, but Claudia Speed was running second behind the car that started from second on the grid. That's Martin Asher going into the carousel, dropped into the bowl, powered up the bank, or no, slid up the bank, and now that lead battle is pulled right apart. He managed to recover, but by then, already 227 had broken clear. So that is unusual. Martin Asher has not been... Uh, but he's been driving fabulously this year, but just there, the little slip-up from Claudius Feed. Don't forget, he scored his first winning class last time out, but this time, maybe pressing too hard too soon, he's made a slip-up. But in the lead of the race, it is super close. No one has made a slip-up in the SP9 class. Which is what we've sort of expected to see. Max Hoffer for Phoenix has a look round to the right, then to the left, and then right again. You're not crossing the road there, Max. You're trying to make a position on Phil Ellis for Manfilter. The HDP Windward car holding on through the complex. Now heading out onto the shortened version of the Grand Prix loop. Still two hours and 51 minutes to go. Down into the hairpin. So, battle for sixth position. Heading back out in the Nordschleifer on a couple of corners time at the uh, front of the field. The BMWs making their bid for freedom. Don't forget, we've got our enhanced timing all linked via the page at radio-show.co.uk to have your company if you are with us so Heinrich by 1.4 seconds from Sammy Matty Trogan Fabio Basish Violent uh, Racing then Williams Canapino so Basish for Violent has uh, cemented that fourth position ahead of Canapino then this battle for six that we've been keeping an eye on Phil Ellis and Max Hoffer out onto the circuit for that second time of asking usually 23 or 22 laps all depends on the pace at the front of the field keep on racing oh spin right in front of fourth place so that was a change for third place then in GT4 a spin coming on to the long Dottiger from the previous third place car and that has dropped them down then and through goes uh, Vasilos Belasotis for keep on racing and I reckon then that that must have been was that Victor Brill that spun ahead of him or Marek Borkman 
but somehow managed to get through. Hartenberg still in second. Sindra sets us still leading. Might have been the Schnitzel Arm Racing Youngsters car that spun, but certainly all of a sudden there was a car facing the wrong direction. And somehow, Bruce Jones, they managed to all avoid it sitting behind. Well, my money, John, is on the fact it was a Sim RC car. It ah. was yellow and black, and that would it started fourth, was running third. That would tally. Dylan Pereira, all Luxembourg crew with uh, Tom Valentini. But that was very, very close avoidance from those behind. Very odd place to spin as well, coming on to the long Dottie Gehur, which maybe got on the throttle a wee bit too early. But a fine piece of avoidance by Vasilios Velatiotis. TCR battles as ever tight. Core sim racing from Dot XE Sports, Derek Needhart. Marius Gollenbeck coming to the end of the lap. We've seen this in the past that they, they seem to top out and start hitting the rev limiter when you're in the uh, in the draft and you simply can't pull out until right at the end and possibly use it. It's often sometimes better to be a wee bit further behind as you come onto the Donegahore and use that draft to catch up than it is to be right there and then run on to the soft rev limiter, Bruce. Uh, absolutely, but I think these drivers have become very, very wise to it, John. They've learned that in the opening rounds and, and built on it from there. But TCR, five cars, well, four cars, all about a four-car gap and a fifth car, as I thought the first five would get get clear. But the first four, how, how tight would you like it to be? But about to have, oh, and a little challenge uh, to go into the first corner. Didn't quite work, so as you were, gentlemen, but uh, 404 pushing on really hard, driven by Marcel T. Really fancied a slice of the action, but we've still got uh, Felix Luding leading the way for SimRC and uh, cracking racing as predicted, John. So early running then, but important running. In Cup 2, it is uh, Sindra Setsas. Who, excuse me, it is uh, in Cup 2, uh, Martin Asher that leads for Asher Racing. And then Claudius Veed sitting in second position. So Asher looking back at Veed, both with the Asher Racing decals on. So there's an element of team racing here. But every man for himself, I would have thought. Feed then in the 276. Sim RC has to be, I think, in terms of the overall, Bruce, the way that they have covered all of the different classes and been competitive with all of their teams, surely they've got to have been the team of the season if you look at how they've been distributed between the classes. You, you'd absolutely think, for, think so, John, and I think uh, they'll probably have people banging on their doors to come and race for their teams in the various categories next year. Um, just having a little look at the car in second place, when I say second place, making a bid for the move and going almost through, just do you sense there's a little bit of bodywork damage on the nose of 276? Oh, might be. Having a, a little bit of a closer look at that. They did get a decent run there. They're at the bottom of the run up to the Caracciola carousel. 
Mark Nasher, who has a pawn shop for running these three-hour races uh, on his own, has got a teammate listed for him uh, this week. And, but that hasn't always uh, proved that he's going to drive with somebody. We've seen that in the past, haven't we, Bruce? And, he, and he's still done the race on his own. You know, when somebody enjoys what they're doing, as he clearly does, and is as good, he has them as a backup. But uh, he's, he's rotated through a few co-drivers, but uh, there's always one name on the list, and that's his. But Martin Asher, what a season he's had. But uh, for me, one of the things is the two BMWs come through at the front of the field. We've got our first pit stopper, John, from fourth place. That was the Vyland racing car, diving into the pits, Andreas Vyland at the wheel. So that is a different tactic to the norm. After just two laps, never seen that before. Uh, it's an odd one. It really is. Uh, so how will that play out uh, in the rest of the race? Haven't quite at the moment got enough of a run on the data to say from the computer's point of view exactly how many laps we'll get. But we've started in the past. We've seen 21, 22, 23. I think we had one... Did we have a 24-lap race in the three hours as well, Bruce? Or did we get stuck on 23? Uh, he thinks. I think we might have done. I think we had an 8-8-8 stint. But it, I think it is just very, very close with where the clock is at the end of three hours or where yeah. the field is. I think it's... And again, that's the thing that could really muck up your tactics. If the lead driver comes through and starts one extra lap, then uh, suddenly your, your maths might not have been as good as it could have been. Great battling in the cup category or formation driving. You be the judge as they come on to the Dottinger Hurt. And a bit of a back, uh, gap back to third position. Oh, and that is the opportunity for the pass as Veed goes through. Now, was there just a little lift there from Asher because there was a substantial difference in the speed and now he gets the be benefit Asher that is gets the benefit of the draft and will go to the right hand side through the kink that puts him on the left going up the hill for the tighter part of the chicane but early to be thinking Bruce Jones of uh, making the dive bomb down the inside we've certainly seen it on last laps before Yes, that was an interesting one. It was as though he was practising what he might be doing on the last lap, to drop back and then get the toe, sort of a bit like they always used to do at, at Monza before they put the chicanes in, so that you've got the toe to the finish line. But, I don't know, just a little bit of dicing, but certainly uh, Claudius Veed has been looking very, very flighty in the lead of the class. He's made an attempted move, now he's made one that's worked. But so Martin Asher's is uh, not lying down yet, and he's entertaining royally. Meanwhile, that battle for what is now fifth and sixth, of course, with us having had a pit stop in the sharp end of the field. Still Phil Ellis working very, very hard indeed to keep Max Hoffer behind him, fifth and sixth. HTP team Winwood, the man filled the car. And then in seventh, the Audi, uh, in sixth, excuse me, the Audi Phoenix eSport, Max Hoffer. And Phil Ellis, they'll have seen each other in paddocks around the world uh, as well. 
lap time's impressive. Top four have all been under eight minutes last time around. And remember, we have had that early pit stop that has taken the violent racing car of Fabio Bezich out of the battle at the front of the field. Now he's dropped down. He's not out of the pits yet either. He's dropped down to 20 seconds, so he's in the middle of the 911 Cup class. So not even getting any benefit, Bruce, from a bit of clear running right now. He didn't think it through very carefully, unless there was bodywork damage that we didn't see. But the fact of the matter, he was still running right in the lead grouping. I think he came in out of fourth position, might have been fifth position. He started there or thereabouts. So clearly nothing wrong in terms of performance. <laughs> I don't know if they know something that nobody else does. If that's just a straight tactical decision, then coming back out into traffic isn't um, the winning winning answer they were looking for. I wouldn't have thought. So I think there's something more to it. I think there must have been some form of damage. It's still those BMWs first and second. Lauren Heinrich from Niels Koch, and they've got an advantage of another two and a half seconds or so until the best of the rest, the Audi of Sammy Matty Trogan, who's got Agustin Canapino about the same distance behind in fourth place. So this one's spreading out a little bit, but it's those two BMWs at the front and then the two Audis giving chase. And the best of Mercedes in fifth place, Phil Ellis, the man filter team HTP. Thanks. Thank you, Bruce. So what is the front of the field going to be doing in terms of their strategy? And the answer is we don't know, and we won't know until it happens. That tends to be the situation. There will be teams that will quite happily just go for splitting the race up into what they believe will be three equal settings. Three equal stints. Four car battle for TCR. Jurgen Frank leads it for the time being. Cross the line. Frank for Sim RC TCR in second place in the TCR category it is the Heusingveld machine the silver and black very Las Vegas Raiders Shea Adam will be cheering for that one I'm sure not the greatest result for them at the weekends in their new stadium 404 then in second third place for Core Mar Marius Gollenbach and then Dennis Needhart in fourth position. This is what we've become used to seeing in the TCR category or the SP3T category, which is in fact a real category, of course. There is a TCR and an SP3T in Nordschleifer Racing. TCR category. Uh, get this the right way around I'm pretty certain the TCR category is a single tyre supplier whereas SP3T is open tyre supplier a supplier 
So battles at the sharper end of the field in seventh and eighth position. Dan Harper for the BMW junior team, the Schnitzel Arm Racing of Marcel Markovic. Weaving around, trying to break the tour of Florian Bordin for Race Union. He's not that far behind there either in the next car back. And now it's side by side as the Stitzelheim car tries to go through and does go through at the end of the lap. So that is a change of position. Up to seventh position for Markovitz. Oh, and who was that diving into the pits? That was Adrian Furworth. The AFP car collection machine has come in from 10th position just behind the battle we were describing for you. Heinrich by one and three quarter seconds from Nils Koch in second place. Sabi Matti Trogan in third, then Canapino. So BS, Team W Bank, Marla and Williams. Then that cracking battle behind Phil Ellis, who's uh, got Max Hoffer. Then three seconds further back, Markovic, who's trying to get to them in the Schnitzelam Racing EMG. Then Dan Harper, only three quarters of a second further back with Florian Bordat. Uh, right in there as well in the cup category Claudius Veed and Martin Asher are doing that team racing thing coming to the end of the lap now Martin Asher has got a bit of a draft coming down into the left hand kink beyond the Bilstein Bridge and into the Shakin at the end of the lap just past Teegarten Across the line, they stay in the same positions. Good run by Violent Racing and Colin, Colin Dunkler. And he must have just put a fastest lap in. Yes, he has. 8086 for the 911 Cup class. Sindra Setsas, by the way, has the best rate, uh, race lap for the SP4s. Sindra Setsas and uh, Carl Janssen going for a championship.
fifth and sixth still at it. Fifth being Phil Ellis in the yellow man filter team HTP Windward AMG. Down through Callan Hard. Dropping down. All downhill from that point for Siphon. And then X Muller at the bottom of the hill with the brick. The bridge. Coming to that area right now. Just dropping through there. For the road on the right hand side, that's where you brick. Get turned in. Been resurfaced here in the last few years. Part of ongoing improvements at the Nürburgring Nordschleife and it has made the track in full metal racing quite a bit quicker back to the TCRs then always good for a bit of race action, Jürgen Frank from Marcel T, from Marius Gollenbach from Dennis Niedhart or if you prefer SimRC Heusingfeld, Core and .exe Esports nothing between them as Bruce was suggesting early on qualifying not seeming to be quite as important to the TCR or the SP3 T runners up through Klostertal heading towards bottom of the run up the hill to the Caracciola Carousel, the battle for what is still 5th and 6th Phil Ellis must be sick of seeing Max Offer behind him 48 and 14 through the Carousel similarly I suppose Max Offer must be pretty sick of looking at the back of the man Phil the team HTP got Mark Bockman coming through to start another lap having had a bit of a whoopsie and looks like he might have been helped yes he was that's the MSC oh and he, he managed to get the BMW and that is the four, uh, the 376 Dylan Pereira so he, Dylan's had a couple of spins there was a coming together there and then a second that was coming to the end of the lap just beyond Teargarten and both of those cars coming together it's going to give them some incident points of course no live uh, race officiating here all done through the sim uh, at RSL underscore studio by the way I should have mentioned that before if you want to get in touch with us always good to know where you are listening and who you are supporting. Cracking race for the VCO Petit on Saturday evening. And uh, plenty of you getting involved in that on the socials. SP3T, C TCRs then. Heisingfeld down the inside, can't make it stick. Core racing round the outside, can't make that stick either. So it's as you were for... Jürgen Frank, Marcel T, Marius Gollenbach and Dennis Niedhart. Not for the want of trying though, in fairness. They head out through the complex 
Mahog Hook. And onto the Grand Prix circuit. Now, I think Heinrich is maybe just a tiny bit closer than Nils Kosch this time around. So they come to the end of the lap. It's just two tenths of a second. Not quite close enough for the dive from the BMW bank car. The BS competition machine will, I think, lead at the end of the lap. This is coming to the end of lap four for them. Somebody dived at the pits in front of them. I heard the pit lane siren. And Sammy Matty Trogan, you know, he's right there as well. Only about four seconds further back. Budo Sud, the BS competition car, holding on to the lead then by about half a second. That's the lead of the race overall. Four laps completed. On the Grand Prix circuit. Easy to just lose the concentration on the Grand Prix circuit. Make things uh, a little more difficult for yourself. Of course, it always looks a bit easier there, doesn't it? And uh, it's not at all. Yes, there's a bit more runoff. So if you do make a mistake, you've maybe got the opportunity to gather it all back up again. Twenty-four point six in the air, twenty-six point seven on the track. That's the key number. Twenty-six point seven Celsius on the track. That will be what everybody's looking at for the tyre wear. Fabian Schiller has changed over to Alexander Batter in the number two car. And Batter is out of the pits. Christodoulou's just set his best lap time last time around with an 8 0 3 3. As did Sammy Matty Trogan. He's under eight minutes as well. All in the SP9 category at the front of the field. Jurgen Frank still leads TCR. I should say SP3T. Porsche Cup. Still being led by Claudius V, just ahead of his Asher Racing teammate. Sindra sets that in the 3-0-3 leads in the GT for the SP10 category. BMW, the best of the BMWs there, by the way, is still the... Well, I was about to say, is still... Yes, it is still Vasilios uh, Belesiotsis. And he's sitting in... Uh, effectively fourth in that class and I check that third in that class as we position in class column gone that one back up Schnitzelarm then looking at uh, 
Well, having to do a bit of defending and attacking, Florian Bourdin behind and ahead of Marcel Markovic is Dan Harper in the BMW Junior team. Philip Ellis has had Max Hoffer behind him pretty much all the way through this race. It's been an extraordinary run. Yeah. It's down on the far side of the circuit at Exmuller. through there now and heading towards Bergwerk got to be patient there wait to put the throttle on no hint of any defensive driving by the way from Phil Ellis as at the front of the field team BMW Bank and BS competition have swapped places so Niles Kosh has gone through into the lead And it looks like there could be a swap of position for fifth and sixth as well as Hoffer gets alongside the HTP machine and the leaders are in the Kleiner carousel and it is definitely, excuse me, they were in the full carousel it is definitely the number two or the car that was second, the BS competition car leading So sneaking through. And there's been a pass for position in that other battle we were talking about as well. As Max Hoffer has gone through on Phil Ellis. So both of the closely contested races we were looking at have swapped on that lap. So new leader, Team BMW Bank then. From Lauren Heinrich in second place as they go through and out of Brunchen. Through the ice curve and towards Flansgarden. Picking up pace all the time here. Super quick part of the circuit. Got to know which curbs your car is happy using and which it isn't. Because you cannot afford to put a wheel wrong at this part of the circuit. BMW Z4s, still the GT3 of choice here for BMW. New BMW M4 GT3 about to be unleashed in the full metal world. Taking over from the M6 GT3. BMW unusual, if not unique in fact, in that they're Racing cars for customer racing are all different models from their portfolio. It's the 240i M, or M240 actually as it is now, soon to be replaced, but we are told by BMW M Sport by the M2 competition. That's the battle for the lead. 
goes down the Dottie Gehoor and it looks like BS are going back through. Yes, it is. Have to go the long way around under the Bilstein bridge, but that means that we've had at least a couple of changes of the lead on this lap. So the entry level being the 240 M240 Cup car, what used to be the Cup 5 class on the Nürburgring. Then you've got the... As into the pits, I'll finish that thought in a moment, comes uh, Nils Kosh. Nils for Team BMW Bank. And the question for me will be, do they change tyres? You have to, in the SP9 category, take tyres when you come into the pits. So there's no question of double stinting here, although tyres have tended to be the defining part of the stint lens rather than the fuel been a couple of little tweaks in BOP and fuel allowances through this season Sammy Matty Trogan then promoted in the second I'll finish the thought about BMW M4 is the GT4 car now for BMW and is modelled accurately by iRacing of course GT3 nowadays, replacing the Z4, which we still have here in the virtual world, is the M6 and GTE or GT Le Mans is the M8. We are told from BMW there will be an M4 GT4 car, uh, excuse me, M4 GT3 car coming on the new body shape, which has been released. What we don't know is what's going to happen with GT Le Mans and how long that has got to go still racing in the States of course although the European and World Championship team wrapped up a couple of years what a season ago now anyway now danger time for not only the leader but also the cars he's passing at the moment that looks like core racing's battling there in the second place so Marius Gollenbeck's got ahead of Marcel T for Team Heusingfeld Jürgen Frank still leads in the three seven, uh, 476 CMRC. Canapino fights his way through the battle going down the top of the Foxhall. TCR battle continues. So quick down here. Canapino goes to the left of the second place car and then the left of the leader. Just before the end of the Foxhall and in Adenauer Forest. Jürgen Frank did very well there. So coming, we've already had uh, some 
pit stops. Bruce Jones, able to read anything so far into what you've seen? Five cars would pull clear in TCR and stay in that in that uh, tight order all race. It's still going according to plan. But uh, in the sort of 10 minutes while I was uh, just analysing what was happening, there's quite a lot of action on and near the track, John. So unusually busy on, on the grass verges around the circuit this time around. And they'll all result in inf incident points, of course. BS have pulled out all of a sudden a three-second lead. Still, Sidra sets us leading for court in Porsche in the Porsche 718 in the GT4 category ahead of Leonard Hart and Berg for Team Heusingfeld. Still two hours and 15 minutes to go. So a uh, standard start, I would say, to the start of the race, Bruce. A couple of odd tactical pit stops at the sharp end. And we've yet to see how they will play out. Uh, we did get the Team BMW bank coming in early, the 107 car. And Kai Kashuba has got into that car. We've seen them make that strategy work in the past. Yeah, but in the past, they haven't really gone this early and done a driver change. We've often had a driver do effectively one and a half stints. If you take a typical stint of being seven, possibly at a stretch, eight laps, we've seen a four lap followed by a seven or eight. This is very, very different. And of course, the first of the cars that pitted was that 167 BMW with uh, Fabio Bazook. And that was after just two laps. These are really, really strange events. And I'm still trying to get my slide rule out to work, exact, work out exactly what they're up to. And, of course, as we've said many times before, it's a bit like the old uh, athletics commentary. It'll only uh, become clear when the stagger unwinds, which is at the last pit stop, effectively, Bruce. Not sure if it's the 400 metres or the 1,500 metres at the moment. Well, yes, exactly. Therein lies yes. quite a difference, John. Yes, very much so. Very much so. The usual uh, straight fight in the TCR category. Absolutely. Why not? That's what we come to expect. But you know what? It just gets better and better. These drivers have spent the season, you know, learning exactly how each of them behave when running in close company. And I must say, doing a stunningly good job in this opening stint. So, uh, But then we've seen, John, you commented the way they can slipstream down that long, long run uh, back, back towards the end of the lap when they accelerate away from dotting a her is just fantastic. But they really lend themselves to this form of racing. They make that slipstream work, and that's why the battling is so tight, so good, and you can have place changes. Uh, there's some damage on the front of the Schnitzelam GT3 car, and it's dropped down to eighth position. Bonnet damage. There's been definitely some contact there for the number 11 car. Now, the question is, did Marcel Markovic hit the scenery or another competitor? Uh, he had fought his way up the field. And the answer, I think, is going to be another competitor as they were climbing the hill on the far side of the circuit. 
He was right in beside behind the BMW Junior team, fighting through the TCR category. All looks good as they head down into Brunschen. Ah, oh, there's a coming together between all three. So the junior BMW team, Team Heusingfeld in TCR, and the Schnitzelam EMG GT3. Typical Nürburgring accident at Brunschen. Ow. Well, that's just one of those things, Bruce, that sometimes you can't avoid when you're trying to pass traffic. You really can't. I mean, you're committed. Already you possibly had to tighten your line to go to the inside part of the corner because you've got different classes of car racing there. But when someone's on the, the grass on circuit left, don't forget, one of the front runners in the TCR class, and then they come back in front of you, what are your options? Close your eyes, hang on to the steering wheel, touch the brakes. Touch the brakes, you're a racing driver, you don't do that. But, uh, yeah, really, really tricky, John. So that's then left... Dennis Niederhart to battle with the core racing car in second position in TCR. They're coming to the end of the lap and Jürgen Frank has made good his escape from these two in TCR terms. At least, Bruce, he's got a bit of a breathing space from second and third. Yeah, but just looking, Martin Asher, after that instance, he's only about... Um 10 seconds back as they come across the start finish line so he's far from finished I don't think he picked up any damage at that incident going onto the dotting of her but uh, would have certainly got the heart rate up a little bit but uh, finally there is an advantage at the front of that class it's not by many seconds but uh, it is still clear air and that is unusual in the Porsche category Sindra sets us yet to oh engine blow engine blow I think into the pits for Dan Harper. Well, that will be as a result of the incident earlier. And he's had another crash as well. And taken out the radiators. And that is a done deal. There's oil down as well. The Aviasor Grand Sport car is all over the place too, trying to avoid. Well, we saw that uh, Team BMW Junior car involved in the three-car incident. And then just a little clip on the rear end of the Aviasorg Rennsport car. All sorts of smoke masking the view from the oily BMW. Can't put its oil, virtual oil, onto the virtual track, but it wasn't helping the visibility at all. And yet again, somebody involved in that accident, Bruce, who was really minding their own business... John, there hasn't been a race like it. There have been incidents through the course of the previous seven rounds of the DNLS, but they've all been predominantly tight racing battles. But we're getting people caught up in other battles here and some near misses. And for the Sorg Avia Rensport car, that was about as lucky as you could be. They almost threaded the eye of the needle. But when you're up at the Brems curve and you're braking so hard, you don't have a lot of scope. And that barrier must feel as though it's right in front of you. But the good news is the Audi has continued on its way. doesn't appear unless it's on the opposite side of the car. There's too much damage. But it's been extraordinary. The DLS has sort of come alive, but not in the way the drivers would have wanted. And then, of course, we saw the, the car limping back in, Dan Harper's car, after uh, clattering into the barriers. No surprise there. If the engine's blown, I think you're right, John. It's just simply the radiators are somewhat further back into the car than they should be after that front-end impact. <laughs> Yeah, warming the driver's feet, uh, I think. 
Augustin Canapino then for Williams Esports in the 109. That the car that in this Tuesday evening race he's sharing with Dominic Stibe and Arthur Lehuk. Arthur Lehuk. Arthur did a pretty good stint at Petit Le Mans over the weekend. Watching that top split was amazing. A lot of uh, incident and accident though. Some uh, third of the field biting the dust in, I was going to say about the first half, two thirds of the race, 15 cars out. Did uh, John, the last how part have you of the Sorry, John, how have you found it through the course of this season, getting used to drivers competing on the digital NLS? here on the Nürburgring Nordschleife, and then finding them competing in other types of cars in other circuits around the world as you cover more and more virtual racing. It's, it's been great fun. It really has. And, and the, I mean, we've said this all season. The cars and the tracks might be virtual, but the dedication and the competitiveness and the talent is very, very real uh, indeed. Uh, particularly at the weekend, uh, they decided to, and I think sensibly, to knock the maximum number of cars from 55 down to 45 uh, it's such a busy lap there were 40 splits uh, throughout the competition so plenty of teams and drivers the top guys only doing the 10 hours with two drivers believe it or not even though it was busy and the last two and a bit hours a bit more than that maybe in the pitch dark at Road Atlanta, and it really was pitch dark. Uh, it was thoroughly entertaining, and the skill levels outstanding. And it, it's rather like having, you know, there's so many people who are swapping and changing their disciplines. It's a bit like having a whole field of Jerome Blake Molins, because he seems to be driving everywhere. He's on his way to Sicily for the uh, Hankook 24 hour series with Creventic this weekend two six-hour races that uh, we'll be covering here on the Radio Shillamant Network of, of channels. And Jerome seems to be racing every weekend. Matt Griffin's another one that keeps pop popping up in the in the real world. Uh, and you've seen plenty of drivers, Bruce, when you commentate on uh, various series around the world. The slight difference, I would say, is there's, a, a, there's perhaps more variety of cars that the drivers in the virtual world are jumping in and out of you'll tend to see you know a driver driving in the gt3 category or in a prototype category and swapping and changing between teams although in fairness this strange year we've seen richard westbrook driving for two or three different manufacturers through the season and in fact in the nurburgring he was driving for two different manufacturers in the same race Needs must, John. Needs <laughs> must. But the thing that really gets me, and I just want to throw in a little bit about your own Blake moment. Not only is he racing something pretty much all the time, he's practicing virtual stuff. He's, he's now got his twin sons who just started kart racing as well. That's going to start gobbling up yet more time. What an understanding wife he has. But, um, and I think that element about practicing for, for, for sim racing is something that a lot of people may not realize, but some of the very best guys, they don't really see daylight, John. They, they, they do up to 12 hours practice in, per day in the week leading up to an event like this. So it really can eat as much time as you can possibly afford it. And um, 
because we are dealing in little intervals here of tenth of a second, making big, big differences. Oh, yes. And around the Nürburgring Nordschleife, of course, it's easier to trip up than to keep it on the island. That's Bryce Jones joining me, John Heindorf, in our global broadcast centre with uh, still just over two hours to go. And still the battles rage in SP3T with the core racing 4-0-3 sitting in second position for Marius Gollenbeck with Dennis Needhart in the DOT XE Esports or Dot .XE Esports machine sitting in behind him. It has been a cracking SP3T season. John, just, just the one towards the pits. Just notice our top three runners: Lauren Heinrich of the BS Competition BMW, Sammy Matitrogan, the Marla Racing Team Audi, and Agustin Canapino, Williams Esports Audi, all come in to make their pit stops with seven laps on the board. They're going the standard well, route. Well, I was going to say, if there is anything that could be called standard, as the shadows are beginning to lengthen in our virtual world here at the VCO at Nurburgring. NLS, Digital NLS Round 8. That, I think, is the standard way to do it. 7-7 seven, seven, and then whatever you've got left. And if you realise it's going to have to be 8, then there's a possibility of coming in after three or four laps and having a little splash. What we'll now have to watch is where the Team BMW Bank 107 car comes through with Kai Kashuba. In fact, all of the cars in front of him now have stopped. Kashuba coming through now to finish the lap should jump up to take the lead and he has done so Kashuba's gone through Taku Watanabe in the very blue Novel Racing with Ring Racing Porsche seventh in the cup class at the moment heading down the hill towards the bridge uh, the half distance entry to the Nürburgring Nordschleifer is the Bridget Adna now climbing again to the infamous area where Nicky Lauda had his awful accident before starting to climb all the way up through Bergwerk Kesselschen Mutkurve Klostertal all climbing to the carousel and to the highest part of the circuit a little bit further on at Hoa Act. I do never tire of any footage of cars going around the Nürburgring Nordschleife, but there's a different <laughs> twist, a different turn the whole time. But talking of twisting and turning, we've got to, uh, the TCR class has decided now is the time to pit, but we've got a couple of cars serving uh, damage uh, moments there, a little stopping in the box to uh, get sorted, penalties of pit entry almost racing between the TCR runners in, in wow. down the pit lane ever competitive well the only person who didn't stop there was the leader, Felix Luding in the Sim RC has, has continued for another lap um, now we, we normally see six or seven laps for the TCRs so Luding has kept his foot in, presumably thinks he's got a bit of clear road and we'll have a crack on meantime in the combined sp10 category gt4 if you will sasha burger for zorg rensport in the 
dark blue, almost purple and white car sitting in behind the Keep On Racing STS Sim Racing team of Loris Brock. That's one of the BMWs, the 310, 310. And that is the best of the BMWs at the moment. One of the things, John, that really gets me is, is when you have an established race livery, say, for example, the Get Speed Mercedes uh, races number two, Fabian Schiller at the wheel, you know, the real-time driver of that car racing in sim. But looking at the R Envision STS BMW, which, as you pointed out, is fourth in um, the Cup 3 class, but the top BMW, that is normally... I look at that car with that livery, races in the GT4 European Series, I look at it, I think Gabriella Piana, then I see it's Loris Brock driving it, so you, you don't quite have the tie-up. Great to see the liveries, but... Um, it's far less confusing for me if you've got the real-time racer in, in the, the correct livery. But a uh, good little battle going on out there. Tobias Barker in eighth in one of the Porsches in that category. T3 Motorsport by Simicek and the Sim RC.de Carbon. Tom Valentini in the BMW. with a, Was there a little bit of damage on the front of that M4 GT4? Uh, maybe not. And it looks Tom so Valentin. Was, but John, that, that was the one that had a spin about two corners into the race. It was rotated Correct. from third position in class. In fact, it just clouted a curb, and uh, Valentini needs to maybe back it off a little bit. He's getting quite rowdy in trying to get ahead of the cable. Of course, that's his target, but uh, certainly some of these curves, as we know, are level at the ring, and others are quite steep. And he hit one of the steep ones. You can see that BMW really being thrown across the track. So Robert Hager has taken over the PS competition number 189. Alex Aran has jumped into the Marla Racing Team. The, the uh, man from Bilbao taking over from the Argentinian, Augustin Canapino, who started. Alexi Elamoa has taken over the Man Filter Team HTP Windward AMG GT3 from Phil Ellis. Williams Esports has got Dominic Staub. Uh, Stive behind the wheel now of the 109 and Max Rieberich for the Phoenix Racing Esports and Marvin Otterbeck in the Race Union SP9 is in 7th position now they've all stopped now but Kai Kishuba leads for BMW Bank having that car stopped at the end of lap 5 let's not forget Well, you could say that Kai Kashuba and Team BMW Bank have gambled. They had that uh, cracking start to the race and uh, were running in second place behind Lauren Heinrich. But it's a big roll of the dice. Interesting to see what the gap will be at the end of this lap because it was 15 seconds when the other cars that pitted two laps later, i.e. at the end of last lap, came in. But uh, just trying to look at sector splits across the lap. But two minutes making my head spin. But um, actually the fastest and a half start in the race so far is that Kai Kashuba BMW that's leading. Yeah, 7.57 for them, uh, 7.59 for a couple of other cars, including the third place, Marla Racing Audi. So Kashuba, I reckon, is nearly 20 seconds ahead of the field at the moment. The Violent Racing, powered by Ecocourt Esports team, Fabio Bissich still behind the wheel, and he started that car, sitting at the moment in 11th position. This was the one, John, that came in after just two laps, though, so he's Correct. getting pretty close towards his next pit stop. Yeah, he should be, if he's doing seven laps, he'll be in at the end of this one, uh, I reckon. No, the one after this one. It'll be eight at the end of this. He came in after two, 
Yeah, one more after this one. But even so, he should be slightly higher up the order. But I think his position may well change. Just remember, he did make that first pit stop. Disregard what it's going to be towards the end of the race. He made that from, I think, it was either fourth or fifth position at the start of the race. So um, he may slot back into that position, albeit fleetingly. Dominic Steib and Max Raberish having a scrap further down the field and also the AMG now that's interesting so we've got the man filters car of Alexei Elamat with Dominic Stive right up his tailpipes a little bit confusing if you're watching the uh, pictures because the man filters HTP when cars the 08 in the window and Dominic Stive, I think a 03, so that's eighth and third. That was the last time they passed the start finish line, but they are battling much further up the field now for fourth and fifth position, which tells you, as this is effectively their outlap, uh, what a good pit stop Alexia Loma had. Because he will have pitted beyond the start finish line, down towards pit out. So he came in in eighth, and at the moment he's gone out in what is fourth position. A moment of respite in the, in the GT4 battle in Cup 3 because uh, Loris Brock in the RN Vision STS uh, BMW had yet another go, but he actually fumbled a little bit, so he's oh. back behind the cable again. But he won't take no for an answer, going left, right, left, right down the start, finish straight. This is like a two-lap sprint, not like a three-hour race, but it's been enthralling this little battle, but the Cayman, yet again, seems a little more nimble. He dives very deep into the corner. Wonderful on-board footage. Side-mounted camera, effectively. I remember being at the DTM once in Norris Ring, John, where they decided to fit um, some cameras in the early days, almost before GoPro, on the side of, I think it was Christian Danner's Alfa Romeo. You know how tight the concrete walls are around the circuit there? I flinched like crazy because suddenly he wiped the cameras out when he clonked into the wall, but you really felt as though you were sitting on top of the camera. And uh, I guess maybe that was my gullibility, but uh, cameras have come on a long way, and I think some of the angles we get here, some of the endless, infamous angles that are provided uh, by VCO are just unbelievably good. So, so lifelike, and also just so exciting, all those variables. Well, and fair play to the guys at Racepot who put all this together and the guys who were cutting the pictures. There is, I'm sure, and I think Nick Damon spoke about this before in some of the races that we've covered, there is, I'm sure, a, uh, the possibility of having a million and one camera angles, uh, but sometimes less is more, and keeping it to what might be called the more real-life camera positions, and that in itself is a skill in programming the camera positions uh, which can be done in iRacing and that's just as big a, s a skill as doing deliveries and the guys who do that are some of the unsung heroes as far as I'm concerned uh, of the coverage that we've had in well they have the to have absolutely less is more sometimes they've got all these choices but it's how they use it and just keeping a cool head and being able to read the race and it's a phenomenal skill if any of you ever have the luxury of sitting in a TV production truck and seeing the director calling in effectively maybe only well as many as 15 cameras 
that's an awful lot to try and manage to, to tell the story of the race as it's unfolding. But with this infinite choice, you've got to be a clear, almost like a, a news editor. You've got to pick pictures that you want and uh, build the story. But they've got so much to choose from. I'm in deepest admiration of the work they do. Very impressed by Alexi Aloma. Uh, last lap around, i.e. his first lap, flying lap out the pit. And 8.01.167 was the man filled the Team HTP Winwood Cars fastest lap of the race hasn't been able to get rid of Dominic Stibe though for Williams Esports but they are now only three seconds away from Alex Arana who is seven tenths of a second behind Robert Hager for BS competition but that gap at the front of the field Kai Kashuba for BMW back now 21 seconds ahead of the battle for second and third which is heading down through the foxhole now yeah because the thing is <coughs> He can lap under eight minutes. He just did a seven-minute 59.4. The only other driver lapping at the moment, in fact, it's just changed on my screen, is Fabio Bezouk. But he, of course, is the one that uh, brought that 167 uh, BMW in very early after just two laps. So he's running on light fuel load, and he's going to owe us a pit stop, as we discussed, John, next time around. So the, the Violent Racing BMW only got up to 11th place, and then it's going to be into the pits. And because of that very early first pit stop, it's possibly going to have to make fourth pit stop at some point in this race they really it'll be a splash and dash but they really would have hoped to be up in about third or fourth position at the moment before they they drop back again rather than the tail of the gt3 class oh well my computer is um, steadfastly refusing to give me a prediction on how many laps uh, we are going to do uh, at the moment it's just under uh, two hours to go an hour and 51 actually to be precise as we tick on to 10 past 9 in the evening, Central European summertime. Clearly, in our race time, it's a wee bit earlier in the day, although those uh, shadows are lengthening around the Nürburgring Nordschleife. Still 25.6 Celsius on the track. Air temperature holding relatively steady at 24.5 degrees. So it's been pretty consistent through the race so far as the battle for second and third uh, heads up through Bergwerk and up through that long set of left-handers. Kesselschen. Alex Serrano will pick his way in past into second place in fairly short order. Agustin Canapino did a great stint for the Marla Audi team. We know they know how to win races. Robert Hager, who's in the car ahead, the BS competition, one with that lovely blue flash on the front left-hand corner, doesn't have the experience that uh, Alex has through the course of the DNLS, but actually, as I say that, he read the back marker a little bit better, built himself a tiny bit of advantage, but I expect that Audi's going to come right back onto his tail this time around. But again, traffic provides opportunity. It can give but it can take away. But I would say Alex's experience through 2020 means he should be able to read the situations, grab those tenths of a second here or there as they present themselves. So I do expect a place change, possibly by the time they get onto the Dossinger Hur. It's round eight of nine of the Nürburgring Langstracker series, the digital version of it, powered by VCO Esports. Hello there. Tuesday night racing. What a great idea. Should be doing more of this in the full metal world as well for my money particularly currently when getting to and from 
race tracks is perhaps not as important uh, as we've got zero crowds at most of the big events we'll be doing late afternoon early evening races get away from the crowded weekend schedules and that's exactly why we're here racing right now and the final round also going to be a midweek event too this battle for second and third is allowing the fourth place AMG of Alexi Aloma to close in on them as in fact close in and go through almost straight away a little bit of damage to the front of that uh, man filter BMW on the right of the bonnet and straight away that was a remarkable run from Alexi Aloma brace that came up um, it's a bit like the 10,000 metres isn't it and somebody sort of bridges the gap to a couple of runners and then instead of sitting behind for half a lap or so just to get your breath back no none of that straight through for Alexia well, Loba struck while the alley was hot absolutely but I think it was I thought of it was a bit more like the steeplechase there because Alex Arana clipped the top of the uh, the big hurdle and fell into the puddle because he actually ran a little bit wide and that was why he lost momentum and, but Alexia Loma went thank you very much straight past and I was about to say Two, two car battle have become three, but three's about to become four because look, right on the tail now, Dominic Stive, the Williams Esports Audi, is closing right in. Didn't see why Alex Arana made a mistake. Maybe it's my fault because I extolled the virtue of him doing so well in so many rounds this year, but it was a tiny little slip up. Maybe he just got a little bit too close to Robert Hager trying to take the second place, but coming down from the Dottingahoa, the move is going to be made by a rival. It's Alexia Loma. He's right in the slipstream of the BMW, but he's wise enough to stay there. There's plenty more straight to follow. Just pulls out to the right-hand side now. He'll have to go the slightly longer way around the left-handed kink, but it's barely a turn. You want to turn the wheel as little as possible, and now we'll get the inside line to the sharper of the chicane turns at the end of the lap, and he does so breezes through and in a second fourth to second in what a third of a lap there Bruce for Alexia Loma but that was all set up by the battling pair of Robert Hager and Alex Arana who were slowing each other's down that was a heck of a lap by Loma's 758.8 and he passed two cars show off no Beautifully, beautifully done. And in fact, now Alex Arana's uh, got plenty of company because Dominic Stibe is right on his tail, the battle of those two Audis. But uh, Mercedes, that didn't start near the sharp end of the field, suddenly finding their form. We've seen this before, that the different manufacturers have sort of different sweet moments according to how much fuel's in their tank. But that was a really, really good lap from Alexia Loma. Uh, so the Finnish driver will be rather proud of himself. But unfortunately for them, they are now 26 seconds down on Kai Kashuba. So the race leader, not battling with anyone, is galloping clear at the moment. But now Aloma's up into second place. Perhaps he could drop those behind and concentrate on taking the battle uh, to the race leader. In fact, their lap times, John, on that last lap were different, differing only by eight one-thousandths of a second between the driver in first, which is Kashuba, and Aloma, who's now into second place. And he did his lap with overtaking. So, Yeah, a couple of overtakes for position. Uh, Loris Brock having a look at the back of the Schnitzelam racing young timers, youngsters in the BMW 311. A couple of BMWs battling together then. Tim Neusser in the 311. Nice to see Schnitzelam with a GT4 team in as well as the GT3 in that uh, very distinctive colourway with the Schnitzelam logo 
right front or right rear and centre, should I say, on the bumper at the back. It is a real sponsor. They are a, a fated, highly fated, a, a schnitzel, all schnitzel all day restaurant. But, uh, didn't, although I did drive to the Nürburgring for the 24, didn't get the chance to go anywhere near where there was one sadly because their menu looks fantastic oh right behind Robert Hager there as he was climbing on the far side of the circuit up through uh, Klostertal and Mutkurve I think uh, no actually sorry that was going through Flugplatz at the start of the lap didn't see what the car was that went off I thought it was a TCR car yeah, I concur with you, John. More collateral damage. Didn't get to see if he got going again. He might have just glanced the barriers, but uh, by small margins. But Robert Hager could not change his line there. He was committed and unfortunately just side-to-side -side contact. And uh, Hager's able to continue in that third position. Can't see any damage. I think it was light damage, but the Audi did hit the barriers, I feel. So Hager trying to chase down the cars ahead. Oh, no, in fact, it was the uh, it was the 404. That's the team Heusingfeld car. So, just going off. Yeah, I was going to say they were battling well up the class, weren't they? So that was uh, Michael Schertler in the team Heusingfeld 404 ahead of Darius Needhart. Uh, well, the good news was, is uh, I think he was able to keep going, John, because he's come through in that third position in class. He's 10 seconds down on the, the two cars ahead. Just want to point out, Felix Luding is leading uh, by just 0.17 of a second at the moment in class, ahead of Kimo Suminen, clearly a Finn, for Core Sim Racing. So, hold on. How many times have we said this, John? Sim RC, neck and neck with Core Sim Racing. Yes. They've just been fantastic this year, those two teams. Yeah, absolutely right. So, let me work out then. We said that Felix Luding hadn't stopped. Uh, he's gone on through eight laps. He's listed as having made a stop now, John. I wonder if there was a slight glitch there. Well, we saw him go through on to his seventh, so I'm guessing he stopped at the end of his seventh lap then, if that's the case. Unless... Now, Felix Luding on the 476 or has he just dived in and that time interval was with Luding in the pit lane but he's back on the track now so yeah, we'll let you know about he's that on his, yeah he's on his second lap out at the moment so okay. yeah he, he did I reckon he did go through but he had a decent lead as we mentioned and now it's down a half a second with uh, Kimo Suman Suminen It's very hard to ignore our race leader, Kai Kashuba, John, but he's in a battle of his own. He's, he's out clear by 26, 27 seconds, and the next four cars, Alex Aloma, Robert Hager, Alex Serrano, Dominic Stein, almost nose to tail. Aloma just a little bit clear in that uh, bright yellow man filter Mercedes entered by Team HTB Winwood, but the three behind, absolutely fantastic scrapping. Sun getting a little bit lower in the sky above them, so make the images look even more... Uh, fantastic, but I guess if anybody's uh, heading to the Nurburgring this weekend for the Eiffel Grand Prix, they'd love these conditions because it's going to be yeah. so dark. There's possibly the likelihood of uh, really chilly weather as you often get in the Eiffel. 
that said, I was looking at a race at the weekend that was uh, running in middle Germany. I think it was in the Saxon ring, so not as high up as this, but they were still getting 20, 21 degrees. But uh, I fear people at the Nordschleife, uh, not on the Nordschleife, at the Nürburgring this weekend will um, curse if they forgot to take a big race jacket. If only it was the Nürburgring Nordschleife in some ways. I know it, it, I, I, I know it can't be for safety sake. I know it can't be. But there is part of me that thinks oh, you could just... No, no, you can't. Uh, actually, there's a bit of high pressure drifting into yeah, Europe. Next low pressure area coming off the Atlantic is going to give the UK a bit more bad weather this weekend. But it looks fairly settled down in uh, Germany in the Eiffel what the temperatures will be like I'm not sure particularly with clear skies potentially overnight uh, and uh, a nice bit of uh, high pressure settling in might get some decent weather down there for the Grand Prix cold and wet at the moment down in that area of Germany it was very cold and very wet for the Nürburgring 24 uh, just over a week ago. So the battle behind the BS competition BMW is as hot as it has been. Temperatures in the virtual world here on iRacing, 25.6 on the track. And that's what these guys are looking at the moment for the tyre wear and the longevity. BMW, Audi, Audi coming down the Bilstein Bridge. Third, fourth and fifth. Or if you prefer, BS competition, Marla and Williams Esports. Robert Hager, Alexia Rana and Dominic Steib. Nothing, nothing between those three cars. And from the overhead you really notice just how much smaller the BMW is than the Audi. And you tend to think of the Audi as not as big as some of the other GT3 cars, Bruce. But it actually pretty much dwarfs the BMW Z4 from a different era, albeit slightly different era. Yeah, the Z4 has a sort of rather waspish little waist when um, shown from above. But, <laughs> of course, when you get them trackside, what makes the better noise? It's definitely the bigger noise. It's the BMW. Absolutely sounds fabulous. And I think that's been one of the things I've enjoyed most this year. It's been a fair few years since the Z4s were doing the business out on the circuit. And right now, one of them has just actually disappeared from class. But no, he holds on in second place. But real challenge from Alex Arana trying to go around the outside. It's the wrong line oh, to be on lovely. at one corner, the right for the next. But... I think Robert Hager's on borrowed time. In fact, the time has been elapsed as far as he's concerned. Is he going to hold on coming out of the Mercedes arena? Good grief, he still is, but he's two sideways on the exit. Alex Arana makes that move stick, and he may lose two places in one go because Hager's being challenged now by Dominic Steib as well. He's a gutsy driver, Hager, though. In fact, he's just pushed Arana out the way and got back into second place. So um, there I was saying he'd be easy picking. He hasn't got the same experience as the others, but uh, he's putting up a fight. Back into third now as they head down the hill towards the cut onto the Nürburgring Nordschleife. And he's still having a go late on the brakes. He's going to have to go the long way around. And that may not. Oh, there's a touch! Almost inevitably, the touch there for the chill blast. Williams Esports car and Dominic Steib 
goes off the track as they were going through the chicane just prior to heading onto the Nordschleife. Now, the question for me is, was that wheel-to-wheel contact, Bruce, or is there any further damage? Well, my reading of it, it was a, a very light touch, but it was just the point at which the cars were going through the chicane, and they were both unweighted. But uh, the BMW stayed on the track, the Audi didn't, but I don't think there'd be a whole load of damage to the side of the car. I think it was just a classic case, just tipping, the, hitting the kerb and just being bounced a little bit out of line, and that's why the BMW came across and uh, hit the Audi. In fact, the Audi was trying to make a move really rather late into the chicane when I get to see it uh, uh, for a further replay. So unlucky for Dominic Stein, but Robert Hager, oh, last quarter of a lap has been unbelievably busy for him, but he's sort of hung on, still listed in second place, but we know he's third because Alex Arana has got clear now. 96 minutes remain, and the computer prediction now says 12 laps to go, 22 laps predicted. 22 laps predicted so everyone else is, has got that same information and they even on right at the start of this race will have been back timing to the end of the race remember when Adam Christodoulou won they knew exactly the fuel numbers they had to do early on Bruce I remember talking to Adam afterwards uh, Jim O'Hertling for Schnitzelarm having a fairly quiet run just gone through Lutz Curve and heading up through Kesselschen now in the thundering AMG GT3. So now it comes down to the pace at the front of the field. Another sub eight minute lap last time around. 757.751. That's not even half a second. Just on half a second away from the fastest lap of the race by Kai Kashuba Bruth. He is setting a cracking pace in that team. BMW Bankart and remember he is off kilter he's coming to complete his 6th lap of the stint they've made one driver change you have to make two so Niles Kosh will have to get back in that car before the end of the race yeah I was just trying to do the maths once you'd thrown out that 22 lap prediction it seemed far easier to work it out for 24 but I'm just trying to also think back to that violent BMW that came in after just two laps that, that really makes a very different uh, approach to breaking down 22 laps I'll get my head around it shortly but I, I, I can just about work it out for Kai Kashuba and the 107 BMW from Team BMW Bank but I'd say anybody who's trying to do the more like 7, 7 8 lap stint which would add up to 22, that's an easier way than doing it but it certainly means for the race-leading car from BMW Bank, they have to do a splash and dash as well, John. That's the, the simple entity there. Because if yeah, at 2.8, that's still one lap short. Correct. Correct. And the issue being, even if you do uh, 7 and 7, that's 14. That leaves you 8. And you'd have to soft-pedal massively to do the 8 and therefore just do it on two stops. It's a three-stop race. It just depends how you break it down and what sort of pace you've got. What I'd suggest is that Kashuba will go now uh, until the end of his seventh lap. So, effectively, end of lap 12. Then I think he'll do a five-lap stint and hand it back to Niles to do five laps at the end. That, that would be my guess for the 107 car. Marla Racing, Sammy Matty did seven. Alex Arana currently 
coming to the end of his third lap around. Uh, so I think they'll do seven and seven and then decide what to do when they get to their pit stop and see what the prediction is seeing. They're banking on it only being seven. If it's only 21, of course, they can do it. Well, that's, that's a big if. That entirely is the point, John, and I also think that's why Kai Kashuba can really, really press on at the moment because he knows he has to come in and do a splash and dash, whereas uh, the, the, the chasing cars of Alex Arana, Robert Hager, Dominic Stipe, they know that they, you know, that they could have the scope to do an eighth lap. That's what maybe that's what they're banking on now, as you said, seven, seven, eight. Hey, presto, 22. Hard, but hard. And, and the pace to get the pace that you've got to run up to get that extra lap because what we don't know of course is is whether they could do seven and a half seven point six seven point eight seven point nine five it's no good if it is an eight uh, but therefore that just it depends how much you've got to lift and coast and mess about with your how you drive the car what fuel settings you use etc the thing for me for Kai Kashuba, you're right, Bruce. They've they've set out their stall for a three uh, a minimum of a uh, yeah a three stop race, excuse me. And now what they're doing is they're trying to force the race onto that 20 second lap that makes it so much more difficult for everyone else who's thinking. Well, if it's 21 laps, we can do it on two stops, uh, and that's what they're doing now. So Nazkosh and now Kai Kashuba pushing as hard as they can and you know again another 757 last time around I can't tell you the last time I saw him over 8 minutes uh, and in fact he's come into the pits at the end of 6 laps now that I wasn't expecting ok shoes and socks off to work the maths on this one but I'm just just wondering uh, no, that'll be, sorry no that'll be the end of 7 that would be the end of 7 won't it uh, 11 because he hasn't crossed the line to start 12 yet oh ok but yeah. I'm just debating if you're trying to squeeze one of your stints out to eight laps because you think the race is going to be 22 laps long, how much slower than the 7.57 do you need to go? Do you back exactly. it off by about five seconds a lap? But, you know, that adds up pretty quickly over the course of a seven-lap stint, doesn't it? Five seconds a lap, 35 seconds. It's, it's, yeah. I, I think absolutely Alex Arana's going the right way. Well, Alex Arana now in the lead of the race. But for Kai Kashuba... As long as uh, he and Niles, Niels Koch can keep up those those incredible laps, it really is providing something very, very serious for the others to contemplate. The ones taking the traditional seven laps, seven lap, and then, as you say, that third and final stint, seven, possibly eight laps. That's the scary element. And if anybody can pull an extra lap out in the middle and get an eight-lap stint whilst they're sitting around eight minutes... I mean, Robert Hager did an 8.04, nearly an 8.05 last time around, but Arana did an 8 minutes 0.6 but there's still nobody anywhere near the pace that we've seen set by the team BMW bank car and Kai Kashuba's already back out again in that car so he had to put tyres on it, didn't have a choice so even his in-lap was only an 8 or 2 now there's a 7.59 for Mats uh, Thorger Huthsfeld in the team Heusingfeld 101, but he's down in seventh position. He's 52 seconds off the lead. Um, but that's that's a good lap. 
But I, I wonder then if what we saw there, Bruce, was a slightly short fill for Kai Kashuba to make the pit stop short. The tyres you're going to have to take. But he didn't have to put full fuel in. So if he's only going to do a five five lap run no exactly I mean he, he could have saved that short stop the, the short final the short stint as the final stint but I think he's doing it for track position at the moment doesn't want to come out in the middle of that that battle behind him he wants to come out as close to the front as he possibly can and I think that was the decision making there if he was further clear he could have um, taken the a longer a longest time in the pits got more fuel on board and done another seven lap stint but I think they've decided to get the short one done now well, that was six. That confirmed as a six-lapper. So they've done five and six. I think Kashuba stayed in that car. Yes, he did. So we've still got to get Niles in before the end of the race. Got to have the two driver stops. Damage on the Thomas Asmussen H2 Performance SRT Triple Two Porsche. I do not like saying bent Porsches. It upsets me. All on the bonnet of that car. Right front. Well, let's face it, the traditional part of the car that gets bent around the Nürburgring tends to be that front right-hand <laughs> corner. We see it, particularly enough. on the Mercedes with that long bonnet on the Mercedes-AMG. They really do look buckled to the extent, John, we've mad wondered whether the, the virtual driver in the virtual cockpit could actually see the track in front of some parts of the front right of the car. But uh, the Porsche's short, shorter nose, lower nose, it doesn't seem to be such an impediment. But uh, again you've got that choice do you come in and take the time penalty to get it fixed are you aware of how much time it's costing you if anything in a straight line particularly on the rundown from the dotting her so again decisions that have to be made but as long as the car's feeling roughly right i think drivers tend to leave it as it is you'll do a little bit of uh take a little bit of extra time for damage that's one thing that of course we probably don't talk about enough if you're not used to watching uh, sim racing uh, not just the damage slowing you down and making the car harder to drive, but then a longer pit stop. If you, There are some repairs that have to be done, some that you can choose to do. Battle for third in the cup class. Marcus Chirac for Asher Racing in the 27 has the WS Racing Cup 2 Porsche of Ole Schuchmann right in front of them Sun beginning to get quite low now and become distracting for the drivers and in the virtual world not just as easy as Schuchman goes down the inside at turn 1 down the inside of the GT tyre sponsored machine to take that position in the cup class so Marcus Chirac now in third yeah, not as easy just to drop a visor down with a bit of tape over the top in the virtual world uh, when the sun's shining in your eyes at various parts of the track, Bruce. My old trick is to... That's coming next year, John. That's coming next year. There's Nothing a button for that, still. isn't there? <laughs> but yes, there is a moment in a race where you suddenly think, I've got a fairly good memory. I know the track goes right, but where do I break when suddenly you can see nothing? And it always strikes me at the more you think, particularly you know, with novice drivers there. They come around certain parts of the circuit and they can see nothing at sunset. Well, and the same at dawn, but dawn, it always seems to be a little more gentle as it comes up. In my early uh, tin-top driving 
years I used to wear a full face helmet but with a peak on it with a little bit of dark grey coloured plexi on the peak so that I could just move my head and put that in the way uh, of any low sun but I came to the rapid conclusion when I got my next helmet that I was going to have a full face helmet again but this time I would have a selection of visors and even in a touring car or a GT car always wear a visor not always having it all the way down but if you have it most of the way down and then have a, a shade band on the top of it so that you can just move it down if required or just tilt your head slightly forward and look up through the top part of the visor in the areas of the track where the sun is very very low it gets to a point where you, you, you can do nothing but put your hand in front of the sun um, it is, you know, there is going to be a time when that happens. Hopefully, it's not very long. And on the Nurburgring, with laps at, you know, eight minutes around, that might only be one lap. Petit Le Mans last weekend, the sun goes down at turn seven, and with a minute and eight second lap or whatever it is, uh, you get to see that an awful lot. As you were talking about that, John, I was just picturing you. I, th I was about to chip in and say, weren't all your road rallies after dark? <laughs> Didn't need a advisor yeah. then. There were people who swore by uh, yellow tints for after night time and uh, also particularly in fog, yellow tints. I've seen, and in fact, I've seen rally drivers uh, up, even including the WRC, wear yellow tinted spectacles when it's foggy. I've tried that on the road. I don't, can't tell if it works, but it, it made me feel a little more confident. That's just regular <laughs> driving, you know, reaching to Heathrow or something. Target timing to Heathrow, like the idea. Marcus Sirak in the Asher Racing Black number 227 still has the GT Tyres sponsored WS Racing Cup 2. Lovely liveries on both of those cars and the GT GITI Tyres. Real world sponsor, see that on the Nordschleifer and then Nurburgring 24 hours. One of, oh, I think they were on an Audi, weren't they? They were on a GT4 Audi as well in the N24. I yep, think again there was the 11 LS different tyre tire The golf team as well, the team in golf. Yes, do. yes. All female yep. crew. Yes, well remembered. I do, it is one thing in full metal racing, it is one thing that I, I really do uh, enjoy about the Nürburgring uh, no, the Nürburgring 24 hours uh, in particular, you see it of course, a different tyre manufacturers open tyre class, not for all of the classes, but for most of them including the top classes and you know, I was doing some work for Audi a couple of weekends ago for Audi Sport and Audi Sport Customer Racing and they had two different tyre manufacturers represented on their Audis, uh, which is very reminiscent of, of things like the Japanese Super GT, GT500. Uh, and you just don't see enough of that nowadays. I understand the, the financial reasons why it doesn't happen in all forms of racing, but it does, to me, add a, just a little bit of an extra dimension, particularly when you get in between conditions and somebody's got... Ooh, We've got our drying wet, as the Germans tend to call them, 
uh, and you know the Goodyear is slightly better than the Michelin or the full intermediate Michelin is slightly better than the Goodyear and everybody's praying for the conditions to be absolutely right because they know they've got a slight tyre advantage and, and I, I do I do enjoy that additional strategic part of racing on the Nürburgring Nordschleife. Well I think you can look at it from the other end as well, the other end being down in the junior class, the lower performance classes where it, it might give scope for if there's a tyre battle for, for some of the less well funded teams to get a decent tyre deal with someone, you know, you race on our tyres with the scope of possibly winning the class and we'll give you them at a lower price or sell them to you at a lower price or just give, yep. give them to you outright um, yep. and, and so it's not just the top teams it helps, I, I always think it's a great thing um, and if it oh. can help some other teams go racing, let's go for it well, and indeed, Bruce, that is why at the N24 there is a TCR class, but that has a spec tyre supplier or a solar tyre supplier. And that's why so many TCR cars go into SP3T, because that's got open tyre supply and it does allow people to do deals and bring money in. Uh, so you're absolutely spot on. Still this battle between Asher Racing in the Porsche 991.2, GT3 Cup class, Marcus Schirach and Oli Schumann. Schumann, excuse me. Barely been six or seven tenths apart since we stopped talking about them, and they are still about that. Coming up to a GT4 BMW, which I think is that the uh, 470 that they were uh, coming up on. Just trying to see if it's got a, a black flank. Might be the 3.9, the 3.7.6. Sim RC car, is it? No, can't tell. But I really thought that Marcus Jurak for Asher Racing, once he'd got past Schuchman up into third place in class, he'd, he'd pull clear. But uh, as he needs to, to help the Asher Racing Championship Challenge, little bit of a slip-up for Jurak there. So maybe this is why Schuchman is uh, keeping him under pressure and able to stay with him. But... Uh, they're both negotiating traffic very well indeed, but a short while back when they went past another of the BMWs, it uh, certainly favoured Schuchman. But uh, sometimes being the second car in a two-car tussle can be quite handy when you come up on traffic. And I think for the moment, Schuchman's enjoying that advantage. It's Bruce Jones, I'm John Hindhoff. An hour and 18 to go, Marla Racing Team Audi leads Williams Esports Audi uh, in second place. Phoenix uh, Racing... Esports, uh, guess what? That's another Audi uh, in third position. Then we've got the first of BMWs, Team BMW Bank, Kaitishuba but on a uh, very, very different pit stop strategy with Niles Kosh to the three cars ahead that will come in in no more than uh, after uh, the end of the next lap, I reckon, the three that lead. So that 40 seconds will disappear very quickly. Then Heusingfeld in fifth, Race Union in sixth. Manfilt, the team windward. What's happened to those guys? Uh, Ale They've Philip had a second Ellis. pit stop. Ah, yes. Alexia Loma just did a short stop, and uh, we've got another driver into that. Jack Sedgwick is in that car. Well, that means they've done their two driver stops. So now... They don't have to get another driver in if they don't want to. So Jack could take that to the end. Uh, yeah, he could take that to the end, but he's still going to need another stop, I reckon, for a splash of fuel. 
Well, they've got Phil Ellis down that car as well. He did the qualifying, so I reckon he'll, he'll and be... And he did um, the first... Yeah, he did the he first, did the first in. six laps as well. So, Bruce Jones and John Hindoff with you on RS1 as we're trying to pick the bones out of what's going on at the front end of the field. In terms of the strategy. Right, Bruce, where's your money at the moment then? Team BMW Bank, we've seen them do this before and go off strategy. The three cars ahead uh, all seem to be on what might be called a primary strategy, whilst they're doing something a little bit alternative. OK, so what we have is the BMW Bank car, 41 seconds down on Alex Arana's Marla Racing Team Audi. It has done two pit stops. Alex, along with Dominic Steib and Max Rieberich for Phoenix, have not done that second stop yet. My point of intrigue is how long this middle stint is going to be for those first three cars for the Marla Racing Team Audi, the Williams Esport Audi. Oh, here's a theme. And the Phoenix Racing Audi. Yes, you've got it. Audi in the top three positions, but discount Max Rebrick in the Phoenix car because that's about 25 seconds down on Dominic Stibe. Those top two, how long is this middle stint going to be? Because you still have that variable. You've suggested your intelligence says 22 laps in this race. What if theirs says 21? That, that means they can yeah. handle it in a different way. I almost feel like I'll tell you on the final lap. No, it won't be that bad. But, you know, I need another lap to see. But certainly the pace that's being set at the moment by those first two Audis, Arana and Stey, both lapping between, beneath eight minutes, as, of course, will be Kai Kashuba. In fact, his last lap, no, because he just came out of the pits. But uh, he's certainly been right on the pace all race. He should close in. I think they're our top three. So, Bruce Johnson, John Hindorf, as we head into the last hour and 15 minutes, hovering between the 21 and 22 lap race, and that's where the interest lies at the moment. There are three cars at the head of the field, the Marla Racing Audi, the Williams Esports Audi, and the Phoenix Racing Audi, who are all banking on it being a 21-lap race. If so, they can go with one more pit stop. In fourth position, talking about banking on it, Team BMW Bank, Kai Kashuba back, uh, still behind the wheel rather, uh, but still to hand over to Niles Koch to finish the race. Uh, they are hoping it's going to be 22 laps. They've done a very different strategy. Five laps from Niels to start with, then Kai for six. Kai back in now, about to come round and complete his second lap of his stint. This will push him deep as deep as he wants to go but remember Niles has got to get back in to that car the top three will be pitting I predict at the end of the lap they have just started unless they've done something really funky with their fueling and I'm looking at the pace I'm not sure they have 758-4 for Arana and the Marla Racing team last time around to stretch his lead over Dominic Steib, Bruce Jones, in the Williams Esports Audi in second to 11 and a half seconds. That was a really good lap from Arana, John, because, he, he, as you said, he, he stretched the advantage, gained... Uh, 
two and a bit seconds and Dominic Stipe had almost been matching him but now what was 10 seconds is now nearly 12 seconds and that is very positive but it's still this 20 is it going to be 22 laps or 21 laps a real real conundrum but there is no conundrum for Kai Kashuba and team BMW Bank they've got to stop twice more and they, they can just adjust they could do a five and a six to make it up to 22 or, or if it's going to go to 21 a fi- uh, you know a shorter one of those stints could be shorter so they've got it in under their control as long as they can be quick into the pits and out of the pits but they have to be flat out every lap uh, in that 107 BMW did something differently you've pointed out they've been the arch team for doing things differently in the digital uh, NLS this season have they got it right this time we've got to see but I think they possibly have just keep an eye on Lauren Heinrich in the BS competition car as well, the 189. Uh, they're on a similar, if not identical, uh, run as the team BMW back. Lauren did the first one, Robert Hager did five. That was seven and five. That got the 12 laps. Lauren back in again now. So we do need one more driver in that car. But they might not be for a win, but there could be a podium on there. The Bad Filter team with three drivers, Jack Sedgwick now behind the wheel of that car. They're running 90 seconds away from the leaders at the moment. Jack will have to stop in, I reckon, uh, four laps time. Meantime, Felix Luding continues to lead Kimo Suomenen. And... That is first and second between SimRC and Core Sim Racing, both the TCR Audis, of course, at the Caracciola Carousel. Oh, the noise of that four-cylinder Audi is just absolutely wonderful. Revved within an inch of its life. Some really interesting intel about the real-world cars. That I was talking to some of the competitors who run these as customer racing cars through a VLN and a and uh, N24 racing season, saying they're getting up towards 60,000 racing kilometres on a single engine. 60,000, not 6,000, Bruce, 60,000 racing kilometres. And so I asked Chris Ranke, who's the head of Audi Sport Customer Racing, so how much does a rebuild cost? He's, he laughed at me. He said, a rebuild? So we don't rebuild them. When somebody decides they need a new engine, we just sell them a new engine because it's a streetcar engine. There's nothing really very clever about it. There's one or two of the ancillaries that are changed, but effectively, it is the road car, two-litre turbocharged engine. And he said, yeah, they'll lose a little bit of performance, but 50,000, 60,000 kilometres is not unknown for a customer car. All right, if you're racing in the WTCR or you're racing at a very high level, then I'm sure they changed them out between that. But, you know, for a car that costs €139,000 or whatever it is and is a factory-built racing car, that is cost-effective motor racing. It is. And I, th- I think what stands out to me more and more as I watch them racing in these longer races, I think they're not so well-suited to short, sharp sprint races. I think they're far <laughs> better in the longer races because they're bulletproof. I agree. I agree. And, and all of the manufacturers who do the TCRs now do a uh, quote-unquote endurance racing kit, so a bit bigger fuel tank. Uh, they have better lighting kits, uh, sometimes slightly different uh, interiors with uh, more quote-unquote endurance-focused 
uh, interiors for nighttime racing. Uh, and of course, once you get over an hour, uh, you are allowed uh, ABS on these cars. So ABS, uh, I've, I've had drivers tell me that unless you absolutely rock it, these cars, it's pretty hard to lock them up because they've got such high, uh, high downforce levels inherently in the shape of the cars. And it looks like uh, Mikhail Schuttler uh, is using that uh, downforce to go into second place. Well, at least not his downforce, but the hole in the air that was being punched by Felix Ludi, who now is scored in second place after the pit stops because leading is Kimo Suonen for core sim racing. So what happens... Oh, no, sorry, excuse me. Excuse me, got that the wrong way around. That was Kimo going through as they both come into the pit lane. Sorry, I confused myself there looking at the numbers in front of me. As they both pit after... Scroll down. Uh, they are both pitting after... How many laps? Do you reckon that is... Marius Golombek did uh, only did four laps. Kimo Suonen has done another five laps out oh, at the end of that, and I managed to close the window down that I needed. So, okay, uh, they can't go to the end from where they are, I reckon, Bruce, those TCRs. Vodafone team gets beat. What's been their problem today? They were at the sharp end, sitting in ninth position. And the bright red Alexander Batter-driven car now some two and a half minutes away from the leaders. Unusual. It is unusual, but it's a different driver lineup. Fabian Schiller has been pretty rock solid for Team Get Speed, but um, certainly for me, I didn't, I didn't uh, commentate on the last round. But Alexander Batter is a new name for me. But you know what? Blood a few before next year's championship because I'm sure DNLS will be really strong again in 2021. And forget speed, you know, the lo one of the local teams just across the road at Moyes Pass from the circuit. It's great that they're coming coming out in the Sim Series as well. And again, it's still one of the best liveries out there. I think the Vodafone livery on the Get Speed car fitting because this is the Vodafone three hours, of course, lest we forget. Correct. This eighth round of the championship. Just a little thought on the TCR car. Oh, our front runners. Alex Arana, Dominic Stein in at the end of 14 laps. Just uh, put that one into the... Well, that's spot easy. On. Seven laps, seven laps. Bang on the target. Yeah. So that, that is absolutely spot on. Uh, Tim Gray would make sure that we were seeing the Vodafone Dry Stunden, uh, of course, uh, for the, the Dry Stunden running uh, for this race today, the penultimate of the season. Sorry, Bruce, you were going to talk about the TCRs that we were no, watching it was slightly uh, slightly flippant comment I was also thinking just look at the shape of a TCR in the middle of the night in an endurance race for an older race so you don't have to get down quite so low to get on board just a thought fair point no no that, that, that is a fair point and, and you know the GT the, the latest versions of GT3 cars very much been designed with um, different shapes and sizes of drivers in mind uh, and nice wide door openings uh, you see the door bars on the driver's side sometimes have a drop in them. 
because it is difficult to get through that gap because when you get to a certain age, uh, you're not quite as flexible as you were and perhaps you don't want to take the steering wheel off every time you get in and out. And so making a little bit more room, it's fairly undignified sometimes when you try to extricate yourself from the car. And there's, there's different ways of doing it, whether you step in sort of half backwards and then turn and step in or you stick your head in first and drag your feet in afterwards or the opposite way around throw your feet in which is the way I prefer it if I'm honest get my feet in first hand on the uh, top of the car and on the roll cage somewhere lift both my feet up and get that onto the floor and then try and fold myself in almost inevitably means you bang it race helmet somewhere oh. on the way and put another scratch on it. Jack Sedgwick now behind the wheel of the Manfilter Team HTP Wimber car, which is now promoted up into uh, fourth position. Kai Kashuba, of course, back at the head of the race in the Team BMW Bank BMW. Now, if he wants to, I reckon he can go to... So that was the end of lap 11. He could potentially go to the end of lap 17 or 18 and just put Niles in for the little sprint at the end. Computer says 22 again. So I, I, I reckon he'll do that. I reckon he'll go set six or seven laps now and try and keep this race, Bruce Jones, at a 22-lap distance. You mentioned there, John, that it says 22 again. Has it been flipping between 21 yes. and 22? Are we that marginal? Yes, we are. We oh, are. how exciting. Uh, we, we just towards the end of the stint before those three cars pulled in um, from the lead, it, it, it dropped to 21, and as soon as the BMW goes back into the lead again, it goes back to 22. How it's calculating that and what algorithm, don't ask me. I'm just reading what's on the screen. <laughs> I am a bear of fairly small brain when it comes to things like that. Um, but it is tight. It is very tight. Three classes together heading out on the far side of the Nordschleifer, Metzgefeld, and heading through. And now these super quick sweepers. In fact, that was, uh, excuse me, that was coming through the gallows head. I was too busy looking at the sunshine there. The gallows uh, hill. And again, ah, oh, we've swapped battles there. That was the issue. 276 back ahead again in this battle that has been enthralling us. The two Asher Racing sponsored car, the SimRC is the black and orange and the uh, black and orange black and yellow and the 227 is the Asher Racing entered car which is the all black with the white decals oh side by side at the end of Tiergarten and into the final chicane oh. they're nicely chaps well, I think this is Into epic, the John. The opening lap, they were like this. And two hours later, they're still this close. But the Asher car, 2-7, two, two, dives into the pits. Love the fact that even the pit lane uh, horn is uh, correct 
such attention to detail. Uh, so that was a seven. Uh, then I think that's another seven, isn't it? And maybe a six there. Sure, they're going to be able to go to the end from there. Kai Kishima, 14, John. Seven and seven. Yeah, yeah all right. Um, Kai Kishuba is setting another cracking pace. 7.57.9 last time around, but a 7.57.2 by Lauren Heinrich. I thought Lauren might be turning this up a little bit. The BS competition car, only 42 seconds off the lead on the alternative strategy and could be in for a podium here, Bruce, with Heinrich really setting some good times. The last lap, that 7.57.284, the car's fastest of the race. Yeah, the, the 7.57 for our race leader, Kai Kashuba, I think that's actually just set permanently in, in his last lap timing <laughs> sector. It's a sort of glitch on the screen. Other people's times go up and down, but really it is the story from the outset of the race between those two BMWs that started on the front row. Team BMW banker leading, but that different tactic from the 189 crew, Lauren Heinrich on board. Well, is this going to come together? We've got an hour to go, to, an hour to find out, and um, but... Nobody else lapping anywhere near that pace, running different tactics, but on the right pace. But uh, for the 107 crew, they have done things differently. The team BMW bank car. It's a question of 22 or 21. We talk about this all race long. We've done 14 and a half laps. And it really is a question of which of those cars that started at the front have got the right tactic. They seem to have shaken off the rest uh, because Sammy Matty Trogan setting so-so lap times is second. He's about to be passed. In fact, very, very soon indeed that move will be made as Lauren Heinrich will go past to make it BMW first and second. We're going to have another one of these absolute thrillers, aren't we? You know, it, it's, it, it, it doesn't seem to matter what happens and who does what to whom. Everything bubbles up and boils up, Bruce, to just after the last pit stop and all of a sudden, almost invariably... You've got two or three cars within literally seconds of each other who are battling. And, you know, everybody's got new tyres. You've got to take new tyres every time you come to the pit lane in the top class. Heisingfeld 101, they're a bit further back with uh, Jan Santowski. But only 90 seconds back. So, again, you know, on a seven, eight-minute lap, that is as nothing for anybody who has a problem. Yeah, but for, for the team Hoisingfeld Mercedes, that was the one that won, took its first win last time out. They're not really in the hunt because, uh, yes, OK, you can rely on problems, but really it's just, just a case of can Kai Kashuba um, and his teammate Niels Koch do enough? They have that extra pit stop to serve, come what may, because they made that first pit stop after five laps. We know they've got to do the splash and dash. It's a question of when they choose to do it. The textbook way is Lauren Heinrich's car, the 189 BS Competition BMW, which surely soon will be back up into second overall. But um, doing things differently, that's how we like it. There have been incidents, certainly in the first, about the half-hour mark in the race, it went a little bit crazy for a moment with a, a few cars being caught out in other people's moments. But since then, it's settled down. And in fact, what's the right number of cars to have on the Nordschleifer. I'd say about the right number we've, we have is what we have now. So it hasn't been too much uh, traffic incident. 
So under an hour now to go. Kashuba coming round to complete another lap. And when he does, we'll get a lap time for you. And 7.57.989, and his fastest has been only fractions. I mean, the variance, I was talking about this a lot at the weekend, Bruce. His fastest lap is a 7.57.1 in that car. And we talk about this all the time. Only two things in full metal racing that drivers of endurance racing care about. It's not necessarily the fastest lap. It's the stint average and the variance from the fastest lap. Take out the outlap, the inlap, and anything odd where there's yellow flags, code 60, safety cars, which, of course, we don't get here in the VCO championships on iRacing. They want to know how close they were to their best lap. And I would suggest the variance that Kashuba is showing is negligible at the moment on a eight minutes. So let's say eight-minute lap. That's 480 seconds. Uh, 68 to 48. Yes, it is. Uh, and he's been within one or two seconds pretty much every lap, regardless of traffic. That's extraordinary. Well, it really is, because I think he's done so many 757s. I think he's probably done a 757.1, a 757.2, etc. You get the picture. But you look at the screen... You think he, his time hasn't changed? Yes, it has. It's gone up or down by two-tenths of a second. It's just metronomic. And though I say it time and time again, the scope with traffic, with dropping light and stuff, of just making a little slip-up here or there, losing momentum. It's so easy to be one or two seconds down on a good lap. The rest of that could be perfect, but uh, yet he's getting it nailed lap after lap. So these are really, really strong stints. But do not forget the 107, the race-leading BMW from Team BMW Bank, with a five-lap uh, stint, a six-lap stint, and then we're going to see how it's going to divide the remaining laps. All its rivals still with, actually, I've been talking about Lauren Heinrich and BS Competition, but Sammy Matitroga has got that Marna Racing Audi in second place. He's being hunted down by, uh, by Lauren Heinrich by several seconds a lap. That's why I thought the position would have changed by now. But he is in the mix as well. But for Kashuba, he's just got to keep pressing on. They've got to build the time advantage in there for that pit stop the extra pit stop they're 36 seconds clear will that be enough uh -huh. let's find out if you take out the outlap uh, and the inlap for Kashuba he's not been over eight minutes for any of the laps that he has driven since he got in that car that is absolutely extraordinary absolutely extraordinary and let's not forget I know, alright, I know it's not the kind of numbers we see at the Nürburgring Nordschleife uh, normally, we've, we've only got 50-ish cars here, but he's still lapping cars, it's not as if he's out there on his own, there are fewer cars, but he's still lapping people, and I, I, I find that absolutely extraordinary, I'm just checking the calculations to make sure I'm right, uh, by the way, in... Second position, Sammy Matty Trogan is back in behind the wheel of the Marla Racing Team at 37 seconds to the leader. And if he can go to the end, whenever the end is, and my computer still predicts 22 laps, uh, he wins the race. That's the simple, that is the simple 
calculation because Lauren Heinrich behind uh, has to stop again and the team BMW Bank BMW Z4 has to stop again that's the car in front so if Sammy Matty Trogan can get to the checkered flag whenever that is uh, either in seven or six laps time he wins the race because he will I, I think he will not be back into the pits uh, unless he absolutely knows that the fuel isn't going to last and he will know that 15 laps he's on the board John 36 yep. second advantage for Kai Kasuba but the thing that's intriguing me is the lap time set by Lauren Heinrich He's five and a half seconds down on Sammy Matty Trogan. I thought he looked appreciably faster last time around, so he'd overhaul him for that second place. Whichever of those two cars, the 186 Audi from Marla Racing Team and the 189 BS Competition BMW, they are running the traditional stint. They have the same no, no, stint no. length. No, no, BS aren't. Lauren did five, Hager did... F uh, so, sorry, Heinrich did five, Hager... Heinrich did seven, Hager only did five. So Lauren Heinrich's been in that car since the uh, the end, the beginning of lap 12. So he cannot go to the end. He has to stop again. The next car that's on a traditional, as it were, 7, 7 and 7, is the Williams Esport number 109. And after that, the Phoenix number 14. Those are the next two cars that are on traditional, um, traditional runs. However, I'll tell you now that the Williams will have to stop again because Dominic Stipe's still in the car and Canapino has got to get back in that car. Um, so just, they're going to do... Just refresh my memory, stick. John. 186, yep. Sammy Matty Trogan, Marla Racing Team. Their yes. first pit stop was the same lap as 189, the car that's chasing. Correct. That was after seven laps. What was Correct. the stint, second stint length for Five each of those laps. cars? Five laps for the 189 and seven laps for the Marla okay. Racing so, so if Marla Racing with Sammy Matty can get to the end whenever the end is they win the race because there's nobody around them within striking distance that can get to the end the next car that can get to the end if it's 21 stroke 22 laps if they're eating out their fuel on this lap and driving to fuel numbers that's Williams Esports 109 and that 109 car is a further where are we that's a minute so 23 seconds further back uh, from Sammy Matty so we're assuming that everybody has one more stop to make the, the difference will be in how much fuel goes in to each of the stops if Trogan somehow and he did a, an 8 or 2 last time around if Trogan is driving the fuel numbers right now and you have to do that from the start of your stint, which is this is. And then if he ekes out an eight-lap stint, I reckon he, he's he's going to be close on winning the motor race. It'll all okay. be it'll be a massive chase from uh, either Heinrich uh, or whoever gets into. Well, it'll have to be Niles Kosh. So Niles Kosh has to get back into the 107 car. So okay, massive, which is in the pits. Flat out blast. It's in the pits, 107. It's done a five-lap stint, a six-lap stint, and now a seven-lap stint to add up. No, it hasn't. What's it done? What am I talking about? It's another five-lap stint because that adds up to 16 Correct. laps. So that's exactly what I thought. I thought they, I thought they would do five or six, 
at this point and then put Niles in to take it to the end. And that would seem to be what it is doing to the end of the race. So that's interesting. So Sammy Matitrogan goes back to the front. Uh, and that's on the the pit stop rotation. That's very interesting, John, because I reckon that the 107 BMW would go another lap longer to have a shorter final pit stop, but maybe it's to give Niles Koch uh, a decent run. And yep. uh, so he's fallen down to fourth place. We'll keep on tumbling. Also in the pits is the 109 Dominic Stive Williams Esport Audi. So the Marla Racing Audi ah. out front for Sammy Matty Trogan being hunted down, closed down very slightly by Lauren Heinrich in the BS competition right. BMW, uh, but so, times are a-changing so, and uh, BMW bank car, Nils Koch on board, leaving the pits now. So that's the 109 team accepting the fact that they can't get to the end, that was a one lap stint for Stein. so Canapino will get into that car and go flat out to the end that's interesting so that is very so there everybody is coming to the conclusion now that it's 22 laps and so they're making their decisions and the Williams team has made that very very quickly indeed so Canapino did 7 Steib did 7 Steib goes in takes 4 tyres because you have to and fills and does I reckon only sorry 2 laps only two laps for Stibe, and then Canapino will take that to the end. Canapino back in that car to take it to the end with a new set of rubber and full fuel. So this is going to make things look odd at the top of the field at the moment. So Sammy Matty Trogan, that's still the 186 car, out on the track at the moment for Marla Racing Team, with Trogan behind the wheel, who they've done their two driver changes, Sammy started then Alex, then Sammy, that's two driver changes, not two stops, two driver changes, so Sammy can take it to the end and last time around and my, I've just realised my timing screen's just done something I didn't want it to do um, has just done a what because he was lapping in 8 or 2s Bruce Hello, I'm just having a quick flick down through oh, the sorry. classes and Sim RC Cup 2 team, Simon Grossman at the wheel, seems to be leading uh, that class very nicely in uh, Good. Cup 3. It's Carl Janssen, Core Sim Racing, and in TCR, having a little look down in the Audi madness, and it's Felix Luding, Sim RC TCR. Tipped them before the race, their advantages, I was going to say 42 seconds, but the car behind from course in racing Marius Gollenbeck's just made that third pit stop so we'll let that one settle down I think an interesting pointer is Agustin Canapino with that very short um, stint 7-7 seven, seven and 2 down in ninth place he's not going to be that low come the end of the race in the 109 Audi that is for sure could be sniffing at a podium thank you Bruce So, 
Marla Racing team lead by just three seconds. Still 25 degrees on the, the track. For some reason, I can't see the last lap time for Sammy Matty. I think he's he's driving to a number at the moment. I think he's driving to fuel numbers. He's going to try and get that eighth lap. And with him in the lead, he effectively, if he can stay out ahead, Heinrich has to stop behind him. Sedgwick has to stop behind him. Uh, Niles Cock doesn't. So Sammy Matty Trogan, I reckon it's got 51 seconds to play with to win the race if he's going to stay out so Niles in team BMW bank watch those two times uh, it was a 7.58 from Trogan last time around which is a bit faster than I anticipated if I'm brutally honest John can I, I chip in here yeah yeah go ahead Sammy Matty Trogan seven lap stint to start the race then he did a five lap stint Still only two pit stops. That comes to 12 laps. That still leaves 10 laps to play with. They've got to come in one more time. No, no. Alex did seven as well. Sammy Matty did seven. Alex did seven. Oh, OK. Sammy can go through. BS okay, competition sorry. was the one that did okay, five. OK, fine. Yeah. Uh, Lauren did five. Robert did... Sorry, Lauren did seven. Robert did five. Lauren's in now. So that's the car that has to stop. As does Jack Sedgwick. He's been... In fact, he should be in at the end of this lap. And who will they put back in to take that car to the end? Will it be Philip Ellis? Will it be Alexia Loma? Or will Jack stay at the wheel? Team BMW Bank, Kai Kashuba will end his fifth lap next time. Uh, sixth lap last time around. Next time around. Um, still looking who is... So now, the leader, the next car with the Williams Esports team having effectively quit out of their 3-7 lap strategy the only other car that is on the 3-7 strat lap strategy is the Phoenix Racing number 14 which has uh, Kevin Falk at the wheel and he's doing 8-0-3s which would suggest to me he's fuel saving as well and looking for a number, I don't think he can win it could be a podium because there's a lot of cars ahead of him who's got to stop a lot of cars ahead of him who's got to stop. Here's Trogan. Clear track ahead of him. Bit of tyre squeal. Working up Absolutely towards... Eke out the performance of your car is clear track. At least for, for yeah. the Finn, Sammy Matty Trogan, that's exactly what he has at the moment. Because particularly, you're on the dotting of her, and you're not going to get a toe from anyone. You're the fastest car out on the track. But uh, just a chance, just relax a bit. He's in... Sick gear, flat chat, straight keeps going on and on. The sun keeps going down a little bit more with every lap, but conditions absolutely uh, fabulous for him. Advantage only 3.5 seconds. Look in his rear view mirror. You may well see the BMW of Lauren Heinrich, the BS competition car, in behind. But I don't think we've had a race like this, John, in DNLS this year, where we've had so many different um, ways of um, cutting the apple, I think we could say. 21, 22 laps. Therein lies the biggest difference. One lap, but it makes the world... Uh, of uh, to change the change you can possibly have in the strategy here. Well, and 
Trogan would be quite happy if it was only 21 laps. It was 21 laps all the way down the Dottinger until he crossed the line and it goes back out to 22. Who was that pitting behind Trogan? It was Sedgwick. Jack Sedgwick in from third for HTP. Winward, the man filter car. So they've decided, well, he had to come in. That was the end of his seventh lap. So they didn't have... They didn't have any other choice but to do that. Uh, Heinrich is due in... What's he just done? He's done five, so he can do probably two more. Trogan, I tell you, they've been very clever here. Very clever indeed. Doesn't have to fight Heinrich if he thinks he can do that eight laps, Bruce. And it's it's still 25 degrees. Track temperature's been very moderate. It's not the 35 and above that we've seen in the past where there was barely any chance of doing seven laps. So many people went to six laps, remember, when it was hot earlier in the year. I think that was one of the things I really, really enjoyed in the middle part of this DNLS series was the fact that crank up the temperature. The teams really, really had to think how their their tyres might last. In the early rounds, as we said, seven laps, seven laps, they could do it metronomically. But suddenly, uh, when you had tyre life issues, a bit like the British Grand Prix this year, you know, in Formula One, where the tyres just couldn't manage the job. It really is a factor. But also, for all of these drivers, particularly professional racing drivers, coming across to race against the sim racing, boy, did they have to learn and I, I think it's great but right now I'm still not entirely convinced that Sammy Matty Trogan and Marla Racing Team have got it all right okay no. what time have we got left um, 39 40 minutes. 40 minutes in this race but it's we're going to know in the next couple of laps John I think well that's 5 here to 40 aren't they so you know that's the that's the way of looking at it and so if there are 5 laps to go it, including the one that we are on that would make it a 22-lap race, and that means Sammy Matty Trogan's got to eke out eight laps. And I'm not sure... And if he can't, by the way, he is going to be... He's off the podium. So it really is save fuel if they want to get a result. They're at a minute and three seconds ahead of Kevin Volk in the Phoenix. And... and that number 14 car, if that car somehow can find an eighth lap, he's on the podium. If Sammy Matty Trogan finds an eighth lap, it's going to be a chase for the last however many laps since Lauren Heinrich and Niles Koch have pitted. Uh, and to a certain extent, Jan Sentowski. Where's Sentowski in his... Uh, yeah, he's going to have to stop again as well says, hang on uh, Adam did seven I think Max Thorg only did six, yes he did mm. so Sentowski I think is going to be, even if he's saving fuel, a lap short so he's going to have to stop and the question is then, do they change driver or not still got to put a new set of tyres on remember, that's the regs every time you come into the pit lane uh, Carl e. Janssen Carl and Sindre Setsas driving together, talking to Sindre on Saturday night. Wasn't uh, Sindre wasn't racing in the VCO Petit Le Mans, but was watching. 
and there was a very scary sounding drinking game going on uh, that involved cars being retired and Carl was playing a bit of catch up on that we encourage responsible drinking of course at all times and never when you are driving in real life but they are en route to the GT4 championship if they stay where they are it's been a good run from the Schnitzelheim Racing youngsters Tim Neusser in the BMW and I think second place would be the best result Bruce that we've seen for the new BMW M4 GT4 uh, if yeah, they can get that Porsche car home. at the start but, yeah. but it was interesting of course a lot of the teams when the, when the BMW M4 was introduced they got to try it in the middle of the week do you fancy it? No we'll stick with the Porsche Cayman for another, another round and I, I like these elements coming in but uh, early in the race you were talking about the best place BMW being fourth in class but for Tim Neusser just coming into the no, no, sorry, it's the car above that's coming to the pits. Um, second place in the class, a real, real change. But I, I expect Sindri Septas just taking over now from Carl Janssen. He can clinch the outright championship if he carries on. He's leading the class, come out, take another class win. Second place, I believe, was going to be good enough for the overall title in Cup uh, 3. And as to be said, looking very, very good for them. So Sindri Septas, wonderful season for the Norwegian. Carl Janssen, his Swedish teammate, uh, had a really good middle stint there but uh, yeah it's about just rising to top time and again but it'd be a Porsche winner of course in the 718 it's Bruce Jones I'm John Hindorf and we're down where's the last two and a half hours gone down to the last 35 minutes Jan Sintowski uh, in the fourth place Heusingveld 101 759-7 so joins the sub eight minute fastest lap club uh, as he is four laps into his stint, he'll need a splash. So he's got the hurry up now, and I wonder if he is going to try and do a couple of quick laps and then pit to go to the end. 7.59 from Sammy Matty Trogan last time around. Has he hit his fuel numbers? Is he going to get that extra lap? There was a little bit of a change in fuel and balance of performance partway through the year, made it much harder for people to get that eighth lap but it's been, generally speaking it's been the tyres that have been the deciding factor and the limiting factor of the performance of the tyres new tyres at every stop by mandate in that category, 2.7 seconds the lead, back to Heinrich I think we'll see how hard by how hard Sammy Matty fights here as to whether he thinks he's got the fuel numbers. Because if he lets... Space, because it was 2.7 seconds. I think there was a little mistake from Lauren Heinrich. It's gone out to over three seconds. It's been coming down and down with that BS competition, BMW getting ever closer. But uh, suddenly any shots of Sammy Matty Trogan didn't have the BMW almost on its tail. And... It's, yeah, it's probably gone out by a second or two. That is manner. That is a gift from above. Uh, when you're being hunted down, just get that bit of breathing space. Then you get a chance to really measure it as you go down the dotting of her. You've got clean line of sight to your chaser. And the good news, he's slightly smaller in the rearview mirror. So it looks like advantage to Audi around the course of this lap. It's fine, fine margins. Fine margins indeed. So, Trogan coming to the end, the 
Light beginning to get ever more gold. No, is he moving across? No, he's not. He's going on to another lap. Comes across the line. And there's no doubt in my mind that that BMW is very close. And that's because that's a new fastest lap from Heinrich. Despite what happened in that uh, long final sector, or penultimate sector, 7.56.7 from Heinrich. That's qualifying pace. Niles Kosh in third. Santowski in fourth at the moment. But those three, I'm pretty certain, have got to stop again. There's a big question mark over Sammy Matty Trogan and his pace at the moment as to whether he can eke out the eighth lap or whether he can somehow work the clock in his favour. And I'm not sure he can work the clock. I think the clock's going to not be on his side. Remember, the last lap is the lap on which the leader is when the time expires so if the time expires on the Dottinger Hoard the chequered flag will come out that time around the time expires as you're just going on to the Hudson back to start a new lap of the Nordschleifer then you've got the rest of that lap to do racing Audi moves up a position but that gap between Sammy Matty Trogan and Lauren Heinrich 2.8 seconds, that was a stunning lap 7.56 as you pointed out for Heinrich John, so there's still life in this one yet So here's the question then as Trogan goes through 2.6 seconds he's got Augustin Canapino behind and he's a lap Effectively, a lap off the pace, isn't he? Yes, he is. For Williams Esports. So, that's the leader ahead of him. Canapino could be let go, I suppose. But Heinrich will not want that car in his way as he is trying to chase down the leader and keep his lap times exactly where he needs them. It's Bruce Jones with John Heindhoff. 31 minutes remain of the penultimate race of the season of the DNLS powered by VCO. And there's still strategy to play out. Keep an eye on this one. Do not go anywhere because the headlines are still to be written at the front of the field. It's going to be tight, Bruce. It's going to be fight very tight. Fabian Schiller's back in the number two. Uh, Vodafone, Vodafone team gets speed. Uh, AMG Mercedes. Sentowski's been in and out, so he can go to the end. So those two can go at the end. But they are two and a half minutes and two and three quarter minutes away from the leader. So Sammy Matty coming round at the end of this lap to complete what will be his 19th lap on a race that we reckon is going to be 22 laps to go. So there'll be three laps to go at the end of this one. And I honestly don't know how many... I mean, we've said this every race this season, haven't we? Yeah, but the real thing, John, is I just just, just queried what's happened with Canapino. He shouldn't have made a fourth pit stop. He did that car... 
the William Lee Sports Audi does seven lap, seven laps, a two-lap stint. We thought, okay, they've done their really short one. Now they can take it to the finish, which would make it a six-lap final stint. But they must have pitted the following lap as well. Four laps, sorry, four pit stops for the 109 Audi. That's why it's down in 16th place. That's why it's out of the reckoning. But uh, something amiss that I didn't catch, I'm afraid. Well, the, 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 the issue that they had was, and I've just lost it there. Oh, there it is. Uh, well, now the question is, Dominic did that short two-lap stint and yeah. Alex got in, and did they actually pit there, or is that just a timing glitch? Um, but they have dropped back, further back than I would have expected. Well, they were 16th, they've now risen to 15th. I think they have had that fourth pit stop. I don't think it's an error on the timing screen, but I think tactically a big error. Can you do it on two? It was always going to be a struggle when it became not 21 laps, became 22, but it's a three-lap race, a three-pit stop race. So inside the last 28 minutes, Martin Asher leading in the Porsche 991 Cup Clash with Violent. Racing powered by EcoCourt Esports team. Colin, Colin Dwenke in second place in the 267. And what a lovely addition it has been to have Violent Racing in a couple of classes here with their very distinctive white and red liveries. And very competitive indeed. Very competitive indeed they have been in uh, both the categories that they have been involved in. Just trying to work out where we are there. Uh, Martin could definitely go to the end from here. Not sure. It it very much depends if they get lapped again or not. By the way, not too far further back is the yellow and black car, which is in third place in that category. And that's Claudius Veed for Sim RC Cup. He's got the fastest lap of that category with an 8.083. Uh, and he can go to the end. He is actually the best off on fuel. Although I think he might have made an extra pit stop, certainly to the 267 Violent Racing Car. So that one's still to play out. Lauren Heinrich has pushed the fastest lap bar again. 7.56.7. At the front of the field, but that only takes half a second out of Sammy Matty Trogan. As we come up to complete lap 19 for the leaders. Just a quick reminder what's going on at the front of the field before we run down the other classes for you. The 186 Marla Racing Team, the Audi which leads on the Dottinger now with Sammy Matty Trogan behind the wheel in this uh, Vodafone Dreistunden. Round eight of nine of the DNLS, powered by VCO. They have done what can only be described as the traditional route, expecting a 21 or 22 lap race. Seven laps for Sammy Matty at the start. Alex Arana, his Spanish co-driver and teammate, did seven. Sammy Matty, Maybe saving fuel at the early part of this stint. Maybe he's done enough and he's got the numbers right. If not, he will have to pit. Oh, he's coming in, I think. He's coming in. That's the race. 
That's the race right there. So it will not be a win for Marla Racing Team. Lauren Heinrich follows him in because he had nothing left in the tank. That's the end of his seven-lap stint. So now Team BMW Bank will come through and retake the lead. So that is what they needed to know. So clearly Sammy Matty couldn't get the extra lap, Bruce. And now they'll have to be tyres, which is half a minute, then a bit of fuel. And it's a question of how quickly that PS competition, Robert Hager back in that car, Alex Arana back in the Marla Racing Team car. Here comes Niles towards the end of the lap. Let's wait to see. Well, the BMW isn't even up on its jacks yet. So it hasn't even taken its tyres. Now it is. So the Audi's going to come down any second now. Here's the lead going back to Team BMW Bank. And no sign of that Audi dropping off the jacks and moving. There's the lead. They've done it. The alternative strategy has played out Bruce Jones. And still, we are not seeing either of those cars dropping down. So Kevin Volk, I said watch out for Kevin Volk. He's not that far behind. In fact, he's gone through. That was Volk going through for Phoenix. And Volk could go to the end. So Team BMW back lead for BMW and Phoenix Racing Eastport Green. Kevin Volk in second. That's the battle for first and second. 16 seconds behind them. But then... Alex Arana and Robert Hager, separated by just two seconds, are another three seconds further back. I hate to spike the guns of Phoenix Racing, John, but I think Kevin Volk, only two pit stops, that car's name needs to make a splash and dash. They did seven laps, seven laps, unless they can do an eight-lap final stint. But looking at the pace of the Phoenix Racing Audi, it hasn't been quite in the ballpark. So I think it's a slightly elevated position. I could be proved wrong. I hope I'm not. But for their point of view, I hope I'm, I am. But uh, we're seeing that straight battle between uh, the Audi and the BMW. But uh, the BMW Bank, we knew from very early in the race they were running a different tactic to the others. But uh, I don't think Phoenix Racing is really in the mix, unless I have completely misread no, you, you are right. I, 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 and I, I think I did say earlier on that they were the next team who were doing the 7-7 seven, seven and 7-8 seven strategy. Kevin Volk, uh, who is in his first stint, Max Hoffer and Max Rebenich, both did seven lap stints. And again, and if trying my mem- to ring memory that last lap me, John, when we were talking about the traditional stint, that Phoenix Audi was about 35 seconds down on a couple of other cars that were running the traditional stint. They're the ones Correct. who have made the pit stop, the 186 um, Correct. Marla Racing Team Audi, and, and and of course the 189 BS Competition uh, BMW. Wasn't a, it's not at their pace, but it still could be a decent result for Phoenix. Just not a top the three. Ba- the battle now is all about Alex Arana versus in second, third at the moment. But Kevin Volk, if if we assume he has got a drop out, then uh, third and Robert Hager fourth. There's a battle for potentially second. Jan. Uh, uh, Jack Sedgwick is another 16 seconds further back and absolutely piling on the pace at the moment. And he is fuelled to the end. He's just at a 7.57.7, fastest man on the track last time around, albeit people taking pit stops. The Team BMW Bank 107 car, which didn't stop and went through. Niles Kosh did it uh, eight minutes and half 
a second. Eight minutes, point five. But Nice is good on fuel. He got in that car at the at lap 16. So probably six laps stint for him with three to go at the end of this one. It's a 22-lap race. And that's why we've seen the flurry of stops from those who were trying to split it into three sevens. And just do the two-spot pit stop. Sorry, Bruce, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm just having a quick look through the classes. The, the closest class, I could have told you this before the start of the race, is TCR. Just uh, Well, it's just <laughs> gone out, as I look, from three and a half to four seconds down to 3.9 seconds. It's Marius Gollenbeck. Three pit stops served from Jürgen Frank. Three pit stops served. So it's core sim racing ahead of sim RC. That one should go all the way to the finish. They're swapping margins. But three and a half seconds is all they have between them with, what, 20 minutes remaining. Classic. So now, with the light fading, what a great time this race has been run in in terms of race time we're just going to get probably a couple of laps we're into the gloaming now the twilight we might even get a lap of full dark that's going to put a very different complexion on things here with still just 20 minutes right on 20 minutes to go Bruce uh, this one is by no means over as Arana who crossed the line in first place which is why he's got the one on the top right-hand corner of the windscreen. Robert Hager crossed the line in second position, but of course they've both had to make a final pit stop. So Kevin Volk in the white, in the white, in the yellow and red Audi Sport customer racing colours of Phoenix Racing. Actually, that's Audi Sport colours, isn't it? The Phoenix. And he is actually in second place the green and white Audi is in third Robert Hager in the striped BMW is in fourth and the dark grey team BMW Bank 107 is the leader of the race despite the fact it has 0-3 so confirmation then team BMW Bank leads from Phoenix call that 18 seconds and then about a second between Volk and Arana for the Marla Racing team another three seconds back to BS and Robert, Robert Hager. Then Manfield is another 16 seconds further back with Jack Sedgwick trying to charge for a podium position. Then Santowski for Heusingfeld, 101. He is another 50 seconds and half a minute ahead of Fabian Schiller. Not being Vodafone team get speeds, dear, has it? Down in seventh position. Fabio Besic for Violent uh, is still on the lead lap, but nearly. Four minutes down on the leader and that's the top eight that are all GT3 cars the couple of pit stops now that was a significant that was the uh, young Schnitzelau BMW going into the pits I think yes it was in fact we've got uh, Tim Neusser coming in from first position and Vasilos Belatsidis is coming in from second that was the keep on racing team. So, who's going to go into the lead in that class? 
Oh, it's the Porsches, of course. Porsches are still first, second and third. The BMWs uh, are, have just pitted for the last time. So Sindra sets us back behind the wheel of the 303 car. Leads the GT4 category from Niles Karst, uh, Karstensen for RSO. And so Grensport, Christian Boog in third. So after the BMWs have been right up there, it's back to the Porsches at the front of the field. Now, Phoenix Racing, Kevin Volk with the Marla Racing, Alex Arana right behind him, Bruce. Starting to sweat a little bit. I was going to say the hero of this race is probably going to be the team BMW Bank um, tactician who worked out it was going to be 22 laps. It was going to be a three pit stop race rather than just trying to chance it by doing a seven, a seven, and then finding the third seven lap stint wasn't enough. But I think for Kevin Falk, he is a sitting duck. He has been passed, is being passed uh, by Alex Arana. That was always going to happen because in terms of natural pace around the circuit, certainly the Marla Racing Team Audi has been the pick of that duo. But uh, how are we doing? 20 laps already on the board for Team BMW Bank. So just the two to go. The advantage, 17, 18 seconds. Doesn't need another pit stop. None wow. of them need another pit stop of the top runners. Or do they? Who has done seven and seven and can't make an eight-lap final Falk. stint? That's the big question. Yeah. And certainly, I think Kevin Falk is in one of those. That's the car yeah, that's going to third. Correct. He's dropped down to third. There are two laps left. If he does have to pit at the end of this lap, um, there's no chance of him holding on to that. He's going to drop down to... Uh, fifth position, I would say. Uh, yeah, actually, no more than that. You're right. Yeah, he, he might get out before Sentowski because Sentowski's nearly a minute further back from Sedgwick. Yeah, Sentowski and the Hoisingfeld Mercedes, that team is very much... Um based itself around going for really quick laps. We've seen, seen that through the stints. They just knew they were going to be making a third pit stop. There was no chance of them making anything else. They played their hand. But right now, 17 seconds is the gap between first and second. That's Niels Kopp for BMW Bank ahead of the Marla Racing Team Audi with Alex Arana. Kevin Falk uh, now in third, but he's being hunted down by Robert Hager. Robert, I hadn't seen too much uh, through this season, but he's been really impressive. John, remember the opening laps, how robust he was? It all got a bit busy when he's battling those two Audis, fighting over about, what, second to fourth positions, but uh, still in there at the end, still lapping pretty well. Tell you what, Bruce, that was a very good lap from Alex Arana, which was out of the pits, remember, and that was still only an 8-0-1. That, that was very impressive indeed, as against a 7.59 for the lead Team BMW Bank. So 17 seconds and two, well one and three quarters one and two thirds getting down to one and a half laps to go but that's one and a half very long laps of the Nürburgring Nordschleife with the sun right on the horizon and behind what, what little cloud there is uh, at the moment still a very temperate 24.6 Celsius in the air and 25 degrees spot on on the track so that really hasn't changed barely a degree since the start of the race Bruce and that's helped the tyre life here and made this a very interesting race yeah 100% I mean what we've got I've just been doing the maths in, the, in this final stint providing we go to 22 laps which I think is now established is that Nils Koch leading the race 
he's had to make his tyres last six laps, whereas the chasing Alex Arana in the Marla Racing Team Audi, his later pit stop means his tyres have to only do four laps, so he can push them a lot harder than Niels Koch can do in the race-leading BMW Bank Z4, but look, he's 16 and a half seconds down. Are you going to find that with tyres that have, what, effectively 50 kilometres less to play with? I don't yeah. think so. I think it's too much of an ask. But Alex Arana, clearly on this outlap, is doing everything he possibly can to close the gap. Heinrich did get out of the BS competition, BMW, the 189, so it is Robert Hager back in, as Bruce was mentioning. Didn't have to do that. They'd done their two driver changes. The team BMW, Bank 107, have done it completely different to everybody else. Five, six, five. And that was Niles into Kai to Kai back to Niles. Uh, it is completely different to anything else on my chart that I'm looking at at the moment. Really interesting. Sammy Matty Trogan, seven to Alex Arana for seven in the 186 in second. Battling through at the moment. Then Sammy Matty Trogan for a shorter stint. And then Alex getting back in to finish off. To be fair, there's not much between those two drivers in the terms of their pace so maybe just giving with the light fading maybe Alex is a little happier running in the dark uh, Sammy Matty though very very good indeed as well the Phoenix racing car in third position well they've had three drivers Max Hoffer for seven Max Rieberich for seven Kevin Volk will end his seven laps next time around and start the last lap or come into the pits kind of want them to roll the dice don't you <laughs> he's going to struggle to steer ahead of Robert Hager he's only got 1.6 1.5 seconds on him and if he is saving fuel I'm not sure that he can hold him off anyway but it's third or fourth if he carries on to the last lap and it's probably sixth fifth or sixth if he drops in yeah tricky tricky circumstances but uh, for team DMW Bank I have to take my hat off to them their Brilliant. record since round number four has read like this first second first second follow that sequence surely must be a first coming up next they do things differently they really really others must practice during the week but they must practice principally their tactics, their race tactics, how they could really find an advantage. Here we are, just 10 and a bit minutes on the clock. They're 16 and a half seconds to good over Alex Aran. And we know it's now to the, excuse me, the sprint to finish. And they've got the base. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Not necessarily the obvious way to go. They have done it very, very nicely indeed. Bruce Jones and John Hind have been watching this one, and we've got another DNLS race, the final, the ninth and final round of the season still to come this year. All the details go to VCO or to Digital Nürburgring websites. Still time to try and get an entry in. There's Hager in the pits. Now that, that's interesting. 
wasn't expecting that. Have they? They must have had an incident. Yeah, there's damage on the car. Oh, well, that's taken out one of the major contenders. There was already some damage on the car as he came to Brunschen and went straight on. So that's taken a huge amount of pressure off Kevin Volk. So now he's got 17 seconds back to Jack Sedgwick, who finds himself on the edge of a podium finish for Manfilter's Team HTP Winwood. Yes, that's come from nowhere. So really unfortunate for Robert Hager. As we said, there were, he had a little few clashes in the opening laps. The race settled down and took on far more established drivers. But just one slip, maybe the fading light caught him out. Um, running around the circuit, actually on his own at the time. That's the strange oh, thing. Did he was that fit, the and go wide? No, he, well, he did. He hit a, one of the tall curbs on the right-hand side of the circuit. Just pushed him wide into the barriers on the left thus limping home and he's already tumbled all the way down to 16th overall as he returns to the pits oh dear that was looking like a third place position yeah. uh, for BS competition it's all been blown so two incidents there for Robert Hager one coming uh, on as the right at the shot the top end of the circuit and heading down towards Brunchen, I think it was at Vipperman that looked like that to me. And then Brunchen with an already damaged car. And here's Kevin Volk in the pit lane. He couldn't make the last lap. That's going to hand third place to Jack Sedgwick. There's not a chance that Sedgwick will not go. In fact, there's Sedgwick going through. Sedgwick's gone through. And now it's where will Sentowski be for Heusingveld. Martin Asher leads the Porsche Cup class but only just from Claudius Veed this is how we started the race Asher from Veed and this is how we're finishing the race there's been a few other pretenders in there Bruce but effectively this is literally how we started the race with these two guys on the front row and they're half a second between them coming down to finish what will be their penultimate lap they'll start their last lap this time around yeah, we last saw them about half an hour ago, exactly this close together, half a second, and uh, scrapping left, right and centre, but from the opening lap of this race, they've been at it, been cycling through their teammates. But we've talked about this before, John. Do you want to be ahead, down Dossinger-Hur for the final time, or do you want to get that slipstream and then brave it out? You may have to choose which way you're going to go, under the Milstein Bridge, left or right, the car in front, and all line it up for the final sequence of corners. But these are such experienced racer. Races in the digital Lord Schleifer series that uh, they know the tricks, but they know the other driver knows the tricks, if you see what I mean. So it's going to be a real nip and tuck run to the end. But I think they've had a fabulous season. Brilliant advertisement for the Cup 2 class in the Porsche 911 Cup class. Cars. Not everyone likes racing them. These are some of the hardest cars, we're told, uh, to compete in around the circuit here. But uh, once you've got the handle, once you've got the taste, I think they're quite addictive. They're coming up through, in fact they've gone past Mutkurve and now to Kesselschen heading up towards the, the hill at the bottom of the run up to Caracciola Carousel so still half a lap before they start their final lap, uh, Niels Kosh and Alex Arana are on their last laps and Arana has not given this up yet Bruce 7.57.9 is that car's fastest lap last time around so 15 seconds down John he's got about well I, I, I think he's still got 
Where are they? They're just coming to Adenauer Forst. And, yeah, that's the leader coming out of Adenauer Forst and heading up to Metzgefeld. And in the gathering darkness, still a bit gloomy, still all right, though. The, the headlights aren't making that much of a difference in terms of picking out what's going on. The problem is in the failing light. It's really quite difficult sometimes to pick out the intricacies. You've got to drive by muscle memory here. Down at Brunchen is where we find the battle for the Porsche 991 Cup class. Heading up through ice curve, point the car at the sky, up over the top, keep the car to the left-hand side, brake just before the bump to keep the car on the ground and then down a gear into the right-hander. No curbs here. Oh, this is very tight indeed, Claudius Veed. He's got a good run over the top of the brow stick, the right-hand side. You don't want to be drifting too far to the left. Now you can use all the exits. Heading down through Flans Garden, across one of the bridges. Do not get that tricky little left-hander wrong because the guardrail is right there through the Kleiner Carousel up towards Gallows Hill Corner that leads onto the Dottinger and then they will start their last lap. Meantime, the leader still 15 seconds. I'm watching the split times. It is literally thousands of a second. Fourth and fifth in the GT4 category. Two BMWs fighting for BMW honours and the best of the Munich mark as they're coming up now on that far side of the circuit where we picked up the two Porsches and the battle for the Porsche lead right onto the limiter Claudius Veed's got a nose ahead but he hasn't got the preferred line coming through the hill this is side by side this could get very very difficult Veed goes through Veed goes through to start the last lap now can Asher stay close enough to repair that compliment? On, oh, Asher's pinning! Asher's pinning! Oh, my goodness! Martin Asher pitting then from second place. And, yeah, that was a seven, end of his seventh lap stint. So, Colin Dernke is he, next up in the 267, but he, I think, has got to come in. So Till Bamer for WS Racing, how far back down the track is he? Oh, last lap, Brunchen, Niels Kopp, Team BMW Bank. The alternative strategy, the alternative way of doing this race seems, Bruce, at the moment, to have paid off with that just on 15-second lead. Yeah, they rolled the dice early on. They must have really been convinced there was no way it was just going to be 21 laps. They banked on 22. They took that early first pit stop. They ran shorter stints, less time to take life out of the tyres. Five laps, six laps, five laps. This is the six-lap finale, but 15 seconds, they will not lose on this lap. But I'm slightly concerned about um, Marcus Girac, Asher Racing, diving in on that lap. Does that mean enough fuel for Klaus, Claudius Veed to win the Cup 2 class? because those cars have been so equal all race, been running the same pace all race, yet they've done things differently right at the end. 
Well, we'll have to wait and see. Still, BMW Bank leading by 14 seconds, as you said. 19 seconds further back, Jack Cedric into third place behind Alex Arana's Audi now. So we've got three manufacturers, BMW, Audi, Mercedes in the top three positions. And unfortunately for Kevin Falk and the Phoenix Racing crew, that uh, final extra pit stop has uh, just cost them their run to the top three. But it was an artificial position, but they gave it a good go. It must have been close. On the Dottinger Hur for the final time. And the sequence of first or second finishes, place finishes for BMW Bank continues. The battle for fourth and fifth and the best BMW, best of the BMWs in the GT4 category continues between Tim Neuser and Vasilis. Bellatotis as they are side by side on the Dottinger as well just behind the leader who oh time didn't time didn't elapse we've got one more lap oh my goodness we've got one more lap Okay, there so was Marcus about Asher 20 seconds that one out. Asher Racing that's why they pitted they got the numbers right oh. wow Oh, okay, my well that's goodness. Fine. That's fine for the race leading car because their stint lengths will be five laps, six laps, five laps, seven laps. They've got it under control. Oh, my goodness. So the, these, these battling BMWs are coming onto their final lap. There's a bit of lights flashing there. Do they think they've finished? I'm not sure. Sneaked across the line, Bruce, with what, 20, 22 seconds to go? <sighs> So <laughs> another variable now I have job. to go fun. So Nice will come. This is going to be the seven lap stint at the end. So Arana can still push. He still has a tire life advantage. Sedgwick, he's okay, I think, in third position. Yes, he is. He'll come on. He'll finish with a six lap stint. So Kevin Volk in fourth position has got to try and hold on now for an extra lap Sentowski just goes through now 6.2 seconds behind the fourth place car well that little battle between the BMWs just came to blows unfortunately and the schnitzel arm M4 Tim Neuser lost out in that battle with Vasilios Belletsiosis got a little wobble on went onto the grass just missed the barriers but instead of being half a second behind he's about one and a half seconds back but uh, you know you get busy at the end of a race but for all the crews that thought would it be 21 no maybe 22 laps suddenly to find the races go out to 23 laps you can imagine they're really really concerned but for Kevin Volk and the Phoenix racing team I think they'd worked that out a while ago that's why they took that uh, uh, most recent stop but they know they would do one anyhow because they've done three two seven lap stints weren't going to do an eight lap so they made that pit stop but I still oh. think they'll remain in fourth place overall but out front, no, uh, still no problems at all, I don't think, for Niels Koch, leading for Team BMW Bank. Uh, and a quick word for Marius Gollenbeck and Jürgen Frank. They've been battling all race, Court and Simris battling there as well, uh, as they have been in other classes this season. And indeed, uh, this race, two seconds between first and second in the SP3T, the TCR category. OK, so... 
Nazkosh now is on his final lap because, and I can say that with some confidence this time, because time has actually expired. So this is the final lap. This is the white flag lap. It is getting darker now. And Nils and Kai Kashuba have done exactly the right thing. So this is another, all that time, all that time when we were looking at 21 to 22 laps and then all of a sudden, so Niles did an 8.02 last time around, but that wasn't enough to get to the end of the race and the chequered flag. His lead has gone out to 17 seconds, but it was only 15 seconds and he couldn't have slowed down that much and kept the lead. So I think it was about 15 seconds when he went across the line, wasn't it, Bruce? So he had to keep the pace up at the end there and that's what took him into this extra lap. Yep. Moving targets keeps the teams Love on it. their toes. But uh, again, experience. The more the drivers compete in this DNLS, the more they can ride the changing tactics. They just know how hard to push. I was asking you earlier how much you need to drop off your pace from your ultimate pace to try and eke an extra lap, make a seven-lap stint and eight-lap. They're the ones that know the answer to these, and, and they're the ones that probably overrule. If a, if, a if a tactician goes, I think we can do this, they go, you can't, because you become a bit of a sitting duck if you're running four seconds a lap off the pace, for example. Yeah, but anyhow, correct. Koch, Team BMW Bank, 16 seconds now for the good. They've done the job. The battle to watch is between Kevin Falk for Phoenix, who are in fourth at the moment in the number 14, and Team Heusingveld, 101, Jan Sitowski, uh, in fifth position because he is hoving into view. It's under six seconds now as the Sim RC Audi and Jürgen Frank goes on to its last lap and has just taken over the lead. That's because Marius Gollenbeck has had the pit. Gollenbeck's in the pits for court. So I think this has caught one or two people out, not just... Uh, us so where's Gollenbeck then uh, let's get down and have a look at that and see where they were in terms of laps there Gollenbeck is out they don't have to change tyres of course in that category so that would have just been a fuel stop for the 4-0-3 and Voicing felt might have just squeezed past into second place, but really in that class, you know, it is the class of the field. Sim RC's team, Jurgen Frank, will take his Audi RS3 to the end of the race. He, he was tailed from time to time, but uh, really he's got it absolutely right yet again. So full marks to the yellow and black Audi crew, Sim RC. Great season. Heusingfeld, uh, have they just come into the pits as well? I think they may have uh, because they were just coming to the end of a six lap stint as well, one, two, three, no they haven't okay, so Heusingveld's trying to do a seven at the end so they, they pitted the last time they pitted was the same as Marius Gollenbeck pitted and he's just had to come in, so that third place there in uh, in the Audi TCR class that's Marcel T 
who we're talking about in Heusingfeld, Dennis Neidhart, Neidhart, excuse me, for DOTXE Esports, is 45 seconds behind and he's not in any problems with fuel. Well, just having a look, John, at the um, Cup 2 class, Claudius Veed, Sim RC, Cup 2 team leading by 58 seconds, but that dive into the pits we saw last time around from Marcus Jurak has put him 58 seconds down and the big question is Claudius Veed, they've been matching each other all race. Can he continue to finish I know. and complete 23 laps? Checkered flag is unfurled. Got a few people who are not going to chance another lap. The number 10 Audi is pulled over to let the leader go by. That's an interesting strategy there. Well, down the timing of the 10th place Audi, should I say, in class. That was the 109 Augustin Canapino. It's not been there day to day. What a great run by Kai Kashuba and Nils Kosh. They got the driving right. They got the speed right. More importantly, they got the strategy and the tactics right. And it's another top two finish for Team BMW Bank as they take the top spot for the eighth round of the VCO Nürburgring Land Strachan Series in digital form. The Vodafone Dreistunden. Alex Arana chases home in second and takes second position for the Marla Racing team. Wonderful run for him and Sammy Matty Trogan. It will be Jack Sedgwick and a three-driver team. Alexi Aloma and Philip Ellis it was that started that race car for Manfield, the team, HTP, Winwood, third on the podium. BS competition has pitted right at the end of the race. There's a lot of people that have had problems right at the end and have come in. I think they've taken the chequered flag in the pit lane, some of those cars that I was mentioning. Nils Kosh then, with the win in the darkness. What a race. What a way, Bruce Jones, of reading the race for Team BMW Bank. Well, they read it very, very early on, John. They nailed the colours to the mast. Whether it went to 21, 20, from 21 to 22, they had it covered. Whether it went from 22 to 23, they had it covered. And in between, they raced with supreme consistency. Kaika Schuber was extraordinary, John. Those 7 minute 57 laps, time after time after time. And Nils Koch, he did a solid, solid job at the, well, at the end. So, well done the team, well done the drivers. Couple of the... A uh, couple of the uh, class winners still to come through. We'll get you some driver interviews as well. Keeping an eye on the waiting room. And Tim will route them through from London as we've got them coming into the pit lane. Now, just confirming the result then. Team BMW Bank win from Marla Racing and Audi from... HTP Winwood Manfilter AMG GT3 so the three major German manufacturers represented on the podium Claudius Veed is a minute to the good at the sharp end of the field in Sim RC Cup 2 car number 76 that's the 911 Porsche just coming up through to Tal and heading up towards the bottom of the Caracciola Carousel. 
Sindra Setsas and Carl Janssen. What a, what a race for those guys. Didn't need to win the race, but that unofficially is the title for Core Sim Racing in those two. And they've done it in style. Whilst the TCR category has been a scrap right from the start. Jürgen Frank scored at the moment in second position as he comes through the far side of the circuit. So Jürgen coming to Brunschen over the top of the brow. Just watch these cars home. Give them their just rewards. They've been an important part, Bruce Jones, of this race and this season with still a race to go, of course. And uh, certainly the flat six bark of the venerable Porsche 911. Been around since 1962 and racing, well, since 1962. Just over 70 years of Porsche as a motor manufacturer, which means they have been racing for 70 years as well. That was their advertising spend effectively the strange little lightweight cars with the engines in weird places and some very very clever engineering and still when I talk to the guys from Porsche they tell me remember John Porsche is an engineering company that just happens to build cars that looked like the Marla Racing Audi was it? No, that has already finished. That was a damaged Audi coming through later on. And looked like there was a bit of damage on it as it was limping back down. So running down the Dottigerhur, Jurgen Frank. Lights flashing. This is a championship run as well for SimRC TCR. been a brilliant season Bruce Sim RC whenever they turn out those black and yellow cars always seem to have the number 76 in them somewhere if they can and surely I mentioned this in commentary but surely they've been one of if not the team of the season in fact they've managed to get two together for a formation finish across the line that's even better stuff well done the nose to tail but this time around Jürgen Frank's having to settle for second place because Marcel team and T uh, pulled through on, on that final lap by taking an earlier pit stop and win for TCR class caught me by surprise yeah I, I think that's uh, a run for it that's going to be good enough for the championship though for those guys and Claudius Reed in the similar livery with the Asher Racing logos as well takes the Porsche Cup class so they came across in team formation. Sindra Setsas will finish off a wonderful season. No sitting back for them. Carl Janssen and Sindra doing a cracking job. And I always think it's, uh, it's dangerous knowing that you only, Bruce, have to finish somewhere. Quite dark out of the Nodge life for now, by the way. 
but just aiming for a position sometimes is not the best thing to know. You need to put it to the back of your mind, I think. Acknowledge it at the start of the meeting, put it away, because boy, oh boy, with the countdown in the final laps. But I thought lap 22 was the final lap. Keep going, man. <laughs> it's 23 <laughs> laps this weekend. Really, really tricky. Really tricky indeed. It's a bit like, you know, playing a lot of sports. In my day, playing rugby, if you played at 95%, you weren't fully committed to a tackle. You had the potential to get hurt. If you clattered it at 100%, you were fine. Just keep at it. Just, you know, it's that classic case. Dangerous to back off. Well, as Sindra Setsas comes uh, back uh, down the Dottinger Hall, we'll watch him home and we'll take uh, uh, one of our post-race interviews here. And Kai Kashuba joins us in our global broadcast centre. Kai, thank you very much for joining us. Man, oh man, what a race. What a race. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks a lot. Great race. Uh, was really it was really hard hard competition and um, very difficult for us to judge where we are so fantastic result for us we are very happy Kai early on you went off strategy it looked like everybody else was doing right let's run to the end of the fuel let's do sevens you did start like that uh, it looked like you were driving the pace on to make sure it was going to be 22 laps it ended up being 23 was that a surprise to you uh, it was not that much of a surprise. We, we certainly made a mistake in the last race and fueled up for one lap too much because it was already very close last uh, last time around. And the same, the pace was just a bit quicker and uh, yeah, just by calculations, uh, Nils, Nils was calculating why I was driving. Uh, we we find out, found out that uh, it will be one lap more, but it was very tight. Very tight. So what did you have left at the end in terms of fuel? Ah, we, we had uh, 2.8 litres, I guess, 2.8 litres. Oh. So we, we had a bit of a margin, uh, but uh, it, was, it was tight, yeah. Uh, it's been a tremendous season of the digital Nürburgring uh, Langstrecker series for you guys. You've only finished first and second. Is that enough to, for you to clinch the championship? Ah, it will be hard. I mean, we have seen that Marle Racing team is uh, is always there, is always quick, and um, yeah, HGP was in front of us in the, in the standings as well before this race. So it will be very tight. I think uh, when when Marle makes no mistakes in the last race, they will just uh, they will just get it uh, if they win or not. Uh, because if they not win, they are usually getting second places as well. So it will it will be hard, but we will try everything we can. What made the difference for you guys today then? Was it making that decision early? Because it looked odd. Uh, as you said, it was difficult to know where you stood. Dropped down, I think, as Law's sixth position at one stage. Yeah, we came in early. And um, yeah, we wanted to avoid the, the TCR traffic. So yeah, we got it later on. But uh, yeah, we wanted to avoid it. So to, to, to give them a chance to, to catch up and be on our bumper again for the whole race. Uh, that always yeah, makes uh, makes incidents and so uh, so on happen. So we wanted to offset a little bit, uh, be in clean air. We knew that the pace was good. We also knew that uh, the longer the race is, the faster the Audi gets. Um, maybe in, in the qualifying, it has a bit of a disadvantage, but on a used track, it's a very quick car and the longer, longer the race, uh, the, the more difficult it gets. And you can also see it in the lap times. So yeah, we just wanted to use the pace when we had it.
and you did and did it very well indeed congratulations to you uh, and uh, Niles and best of luck for the next one we'll see you in a couple of weeks yeah looking forward to it thanks to you guys thanks Kai Kai Sherba then joining us uh, well I don't know what we say about that but it was an absolute cracker an absolute cracker they used the pace when they had it that was the quote there Bruce well the one that got me was 2.8 litres left at the end <laughs> <laughs> just enough for the fuel sample <laughs> yeah. that is we don't have a yeah we don't have virtual post race tech here but uh, if we did there was still just uh, enough there uh, I think we'll be able to get a word uh, in a moment or two once our German colleagues are finished uh, with the ah and in, and in fact here we are we have uh, Carl Janssen uh, and Sindra Setsas, uh, who join us. Well, Sindra, Carl, congratulations both on the victory in the championship. Uh, clearly, uh, your um, Saturday night fun watching PLM didn't slow you down at all, Sindra. Yes, worked very well today. Uh, all thanks to Carl as well. Uh, yeah, had fun on the weekend and then back to business in a week so yeah it's good was it i mean we we talked about this on saturday night you said you thought you only needed second is there a slight danger knowing that you've only got to have second that that makes you drive and plan the race slightly differently no i said from the start that we'll go for the win as always and then we'll see what happens like and yeah, uh, it was good that we had some competition here today. The Team Moisinkwell car was very fast in the beginning. I struggled very much to get away from it in the first stint. And then they, I saw they had some issues with some GT3 cars, which we mm. luckily got away from. And then from there on, it was just bruising. Because once the Moisinkwell car retired, we had like a 20, 30 second gap or whatever down to second. So from there on, it was just getting to the end. Uh, and, and Carl, you know, do you prefer to have the pressure of of racing somebody close by or was it actually quite nice to be able to just pace yourself through and get to the end of the race? Uh, today it was quite nice to just, just drive, to be honest. Um, been working today, so I'm a bit tired and uh, it was just nice to to be able to just drive it. That's a good point, actually, because we're racing on a Tuesday night. That's unusual. Did that affect the way you were able to prepare for this race? Well, uh, I was at uni until like 50, well, to like three today. So, and then Carl was at work. So, yeah, it definitely does something to the preparation. Uh, well, yeah, I, 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 actually... I uh... oh, sorry. Sorry, go, go ahead, ahead, Carl. No, go ahead, oh. Carl. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I drive trucks, so I started working at the 0400 today, so I'm definitely more tired than I'm usually than I usually am on a normal uh, uh, work day or normal weekend. I mean. So, Sindra, that's good enough for the championship unofficially at this point. So, congratulations for that. Um, how have you found the, the the championship this season, and how have you enjoyed it? I think it's been very good, especially in the beginning when there was so many people just wanting something to race with the crazy period we went through. We're still going through as well. Um, yeah, I think it was very good in the beginning. Uh, 
a little bit few like less people now in the end, which is kind of a shame because the even in the GT4 class the racing is good, especially in the beginning. Today was very good, so mm. just wish that there was more people. But obviously it's a limit on everything, and Tuesday probably doesn't suit all. So yeah, it's good. Uh, and Carl, we'll finish on you. One of the reasons that we moved to a Tuesday night was because of so much racing going on, both uh, full metal racing and uh, eye racing as well. But nice to see uh, some of the real world drivers sticking in with this. Fabian Schiller was in there today in the in the top class. Uh, Adam Christodoulou as well. So nice to see those guys uh, continuing with their commitment to the virtual racing. Yeah, for sure. Um, helps bring the the what do you say the racing to a bit closer level between both real life and and sim. Um, it's quite nice to see some of them sticking around still. Um, so yeah, pretty good. Uh, and so, what do you do for the last race, Carl? Uh, are you going to come out and and celebrate special livery? Are you going to try the BMW, which looked a bit quicker today? Are you going to stick with the Porsche and celebrate your championship in style? Um, I don't know what we will do for like livery and car, but for sure I will will drive the last race. Um, I enjoy the series so much that yeah, it's just so fun to drive. Maybe we'll have a guest driver. Who knows? Ooh, okay. Thank you, Sindra, for that. Uh, and thank you for supporting us at the weekend at, at Petit Le Mans with VCO as well. Carl Janssen and Sindra Setsas, who uh, win uh, in the uh, SP4, the uh, effectively the GT4 category for core uh, and the uh, 3 or 3. Well done, guys, uh, and congrats unofficially. Real congratulations. We can't announce the championship, but unofficially championship winners. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Carl Janssen and Sindra Setz has been a great season for them as well. Bruce, uh, they have swept all before them and they did exactly what they needed to do today. Yet again, it's what you expect from them. They really are the gold standard. And I think the fact they just pointed out that they have busy days during the week as well, truck driving trucks and being at university, it just shows the mix that come out racing against top professional racing drivers. I think it's just been a fabulous year and I cannot wait for next year's season to kick in and well done to them. Well, before uh, the next season uh, kicks in, as, uh, as Bruce Jones said there, we have got the final race of the season with championships, some championships still to be decided, some pride there and certainly at the front of the field, it's certainly not all over. Great thanks to Mark and everybody uh, at Mission Control for the race today uh, and everyone who was cutting the pictures. Tim Gray was our executive producer up in London and Bruce Jones joined me, John Hindhoff, in our global broadcast centre. Round eight of the digital Nürburgring Langstrecker series powered by VCO is in the history books. The Vodafone three-hour race once again brought us excitement plenty of energy and some fabulously talented iRacing drivers. Thanks for being with us uh, tonight. Don't forget, we'll be back on RS1 tomorrow, 8 o'clock UK time for Midweek Motorsport. And uh, we'll be bringing you all of the news of uh, this race and looking forward to the weekend's action as well. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now. 
This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.